Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final edition of ADP Chasing. It's been a long summer. You've been with us through the February debates of DJ Chark versus Adam Thielen. And now we're finally wrapping things up. We have a great show planned today. We're going to be going over our closing line value game throughout the offseason, as well as hitting on key news with the Cooper Cup injury and Jonathan Taylor non-trade. Um, but yeah, we'll also probably hop in a draft at the end. So be sure to stick around for that. Let's do it. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> this is why. This is why I'm hot. Anita Han- Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you Tony? You can't handle the heat. He looks like we're finally this boy. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. There we go. Corain is uh, that you're looking at a man who moved cross country <laughs> in the middle of best ball summer, a man <laughs> drafting Rottweiler team. Um, a man you know, who just timed out on a drafter's draft. A man, you're, probably, you're probably in, you're Great probably pick. in one with me. Uh, we're, we're chasing overlay. We're feeling good. Corain, you're probably not feeling that good. You're probably feeling beat to shit. No, I'm feeling good, guys. Just finished my last BBM team. Um, gonna get that tweet out in one one second. It took me a little little more. Walked to the walked to the coffee shop. Got some got some cold brew. Got Brittany a, a ginger tea, uh, and crafted a, a tweet with a bunch of stupid emojis in it. So you'll, you'll see that soon. There you go. Can't Amazing. See that. Um, so you're all uh, moved in to to San Diego now. Settled I'm in there. San Diego. I wouldn't say I'm moved in or settled in. Uh, the apartment yeah. is completely empty. Um, Your audio sounds great. So I don't, I mean, it seems the acoustics seem really good. So that's kind the of the acoustics surprising. are great in here. Yeah. I, well, that was one of the things we, we talked to a realtor and said, I'm going to need a house with great acoustics. Um, so let me, let me, uh, I can actually, I'm not plugged into anything. So it's on a laptop. <laughs> so this is like, this is the empty apartment. <laughs> It's completely empty. Oh, nice. There's nothing in it. Incredible. Just yeah. e- extremely good vibes. I mean, I can't believe <laughs> one, I can't believe that your uh your take was I'm gonna win two million dollars and then move to the least tax friendly state in the union. And then uh also I'm gonna do that on September first. Just really great stuff for me. Hey, yeah. Well, you know, when you win, you gotta you gotta make sure that you don't seem like uh out of touch. And so I just immediately wanted people to like think I wasn't sharp at all. And so it's like, I'm going to move during best ball season. And uh, not only am I going to move to a highest tax state, I'm going to remind people that I was in literally the highest tax place in the entire country before that. This is actually a lower tax move for me because I was in New York City. That's so, probably uh, the, yeah. New York City is the only place you can move from where that's probably true in, in San Diego. That's, uh, yeah, this was an upgrade. We love to see it. Well, I made the much easier move from uh, Maine to New Hampshire, which is just a couple hour drive. But um, yeah, this is my probably like six different backgrounds I've had over the course of ADP chasing off season. I gotta, I gotta put some stuff back here. Um, so yeah, busy, back. busy, busy off season for you guys. I haven't done shit. I've just been same place. <laughs> I, I've just been literally, literally. I, I just, I don't know if you guys are feeling this, but I, the, the sense of relief. I finished on DraftKings this morning, and I finished on Underdog this morning. 
And so all I have left to do is these drafters teams and like, you know, that's overlay anyway. So if those teams suck, they suck. It doesn't matter. I, I feel a giant sense of relief right now. I feel great to be done drafting these teams. That's, I'm going to yeah. still draft some more. You're, you're done. I'm oh, gonna I'm going to keep, dra- I'm going to keep drafting obviously until kickoff, but it's all low stress now. It's like, it's mm. like what's done is what's done is done. The flagship contests are over. My chances right. of winning a million dollars, you know, it is what it is. That's all done. I, I, I can just, I can just draft guys I like. I can just take Brees Hall. I can take Wanda. I can take Wandale in every draft. That's what like, I've been doing, but, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Brees Hall and Wandale are on my final BBM team. I'm about to tweet out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wandale. I, honestly, if I could go back in time and do one thing, it would be telling myself that to not be worried about Wandale's knee and to just draft him the entire time. Because I would love to do a final exposure tweet with literally 100% Wandale, with Wandale on every single team. Like, that is my dream. But I obviously was not able to accomplish it. You guys are going to be fine without the Giants' uh, third string slot receiver. Don't worry. You mean, you mean, Mm. you mean the Giants' targets per route run leader? (laughs) That's going to be a tough one for you, Sam. Yeah. It's 515 on the last show. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to get a couple bad, a couple more bad takes off, but I think you're going to be okay without the five, five, um, backup slot receiver. For the I mean, how Sam, is- he, he, he got recruited to Nebraska as a running back. If there was a way to analytically measure guys who have that dog in him, I, I think Wandale might lead the entire NFL in dog per pound. Like he dog, per, clearly, oh, dog per pound. I mean, dog, I dog know, per who, pound. Who would be it's close. Him. Deuce I mean, Tutu's not. Tutu doesn't have that much dog. Tank. Tutu Tank doesn't Delman? have that much dog. Deuce Deuce Vaughn is the other guy. Dog oh. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it might be Deuce. I I think Deuce actually weighs more than Wandale. I I believe. Okay. That's. Right. I mean, he must. He's one seventy in Wandale. Oh, that might actually be close. Deuce. Close. Yeah. Um, I, I, okay, I'm gonna guess. Nice tight show um, already. <laughs> nice tight show. I'm yeah, gonna guess. I, I'm gonna I'm guess. Just, okay, I'm just stalling because I don't want to show these this closing line value game. I, I really I fought hard with the lawyers to not have to show this because. Oh really? It's, well, I mean, I've been on it. this thing, and, and you don't. Yeah, yeah, it? that you did. You made the worst pick by far in this. Let, let's just get into it. Now. I'm gonna guess Karain um, one. I'm gonna guess Karain one. And oh, right, and I pick Priest, baby. That's oh annoying. man! Um, so Pat, I just kept, Pat did I just pretty kept, well. <laughs> I just kept picking guys that I was taking, and the market didn't like. It, it took the market until the last week to start drafting Hardy and Tutu. But like, I just like I think I nominated. I think I nominated every five seven wide receiver I was drafting. At yeah. One point. So some so, people so basically, were trying um, to. Some people were just trying to give like good picks and not just jump on the steam of players that were clearly right. going to rise in value. And some people tried to ch- cheat the system and win the game. <laughs> and that's that's how Pat got to nine percent here. So Davis, um, if you if you went with Davis, you invested in a very safe. Uh, <laughs> like treasury bond type of investment. Yeah. You know, it was a solid return. Uh, if you invested with me, uh, I beat the stock market. If you invested with Sam, um, <laughs> it was better than an NFT. It was better than an NFT. What's so funny though, Corrine, is that I was telling you this whole time, if you like Brees Hall in the third, you're going to love him in the fourth. And yeah. I yeah, ended right. up being I right. love him in the fourth. But but the thing is, the thing is now is that I am jamming the shit out of Brees Hall. Like when we started yeah, doing this, yeah. I was the I was the Brees Hall bear, 
And yeah. I, I bear, I don't think I had, I bet I had like two, 3% of him, um, you know, before, before the, what was even the impetus for him starting to go in the fourth? I don't even remember. It was just the cook rumors, I guess. He fell to the late third, but didn't really in the DraftKings you could get him in the fourth during the Cook rumors. Then Cook, I think the you know, impetus for him falling to the fourth, yeah, was like the, and the then, Q symbol on DraftKings made him drop. Sure, even uh-huh. before, yeah. But then he came back up from there because I like sat that fall out, like I or I I took some in the fourth on DraftKings, but I I kind of cooled off because I was like, oh, this is gonna happen. I can get even cheaper. But then Cook left New York and it didn't like seem like super imminent he was going to sign or maybe he wouldn't sign and he creeped back up and i i dipped my toes back in at the the mid third prices but then I, once cook signed that's when he was truly in the fourth. Yeah. So what, what say, feels go ahead sam yeah i just want to set the i think some people in the chat are, are confused so let, let's set the stage here what we actually did is i'd say in about half the shows from february until now we picked the best value at the end of the show and this is measured in percent increase or decrease in my case uh in adp um from when we made the pick till now so this is not our entire portfolio um this is like 12 to 14 players i think slightly different numbers for each of us so um i would say that like you know you should judge us as fantasy analysts purely based off the results of this game this is like a clear <laughs> a clear signal um, of how good we are at fantasy football no, this, this seems is kind pretty- of yeah, it's I mean, everything. it seems like a yeah, good yeah. metric to judge people on, for sure. Yes. Yeah, so let's <laughs> let's dive in. This is the overall numbers. I think the devil is in the details here. This is what really matters. So, so Pat, yes, he, he got you some kind of cheap big wins. You know, picking Tony Pollard, <laughs> Jalen Warren. Wins. That sounds great, that, Sam. That was obvious, you know. But but he gave you the two worst picks in the entire game, and Kyle Pitts and Brees Hall. So if you stuck with Kyle me, Pitts, you just got, honestly, you just stacked together a couple small wins. You know, maybe a little bit more. Well, Couple small losses, but I was kind of the fuck? <laughs> Why did you choose Kyle Pitts when everyone hates Kyle Pitts? There was like, what What could have possibly, the only thing that could have gotten Kyle Pitts as a riser would have been if they traded for a quarterback. That would have been the, the only yeah, thing. I think I had a couple outs with the Kyle Pitts one. I forget when I made it, but they traded for a quarterback. I can, I can check when you made it. Um, yeah. That might have been like they, an April one or something. They trade for a quarterback. You're also at the time, I mean, he went in the, He's probably going in the late sixth at the time. And he was a third round pick the year before. And he's coming off this injury. So I was like, you know, he's going to be practicing, making highlight plays again. And uh, we're going to return to the same hype that we that we had on this guy to some extent. You know, he jumps to the fifth. That's a big win. Well, it did. Yeah. It did happen with some guys, right? Like Sky Moore, like nothing really happened for him. Right. And he just returned to where he was going last year. As someone who has completed the Darren Waller rise is basically what I was hoping for. Yeah. Also, I should say quickly, sorry, Davis, I won't want to let you continue, but I didn't put this on this chart, but on this chart, red is, is me, sadly. Green is Pat and purple is Davis. Um, So that's, that's how you shared that. But Davis, what were you about to say? Well, I just, I'm in this spot where I've completed 425 drafts on underdog I have $1,297 of exposure to Kyle Pitts. He is my third most drafted player overall. And I don't even like him. Like, I don't even, I'm not even all that. Enth- like, it's, it's, it is purely a profile bet on a guy who is so good and gets open so easily. 
But like, you don't have to tell me I'm a dipshit for taking him. Like, I totally get how this goes wrong. Like, Parker Hesse is out there. He's, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter sucks ass. Like, the the people have just made up their minds on Kyle Pitts. Really, is I think what it is. Is people just there? There are there are not good people on both sides. It's just it's just two people who are totally entrenched on both sides of the Kyle Pitts debate. I don't know, man. I think. My read on it was once we got the preseason stuff of Kyle Pitts not running every route, then yep. we all we all pooped our pants. That's what happened because we were all so nervous we were going to get burned again that we're all just like, oh god, it's it's all going to hell. We're losing we're losing again on Kyle Pitts. I actually I think do if had, think it's going to happen. I actually do think he, but I uh, it's much more palatable as a seventh round pick than as a second round pick. Like basically, I think I he's think, a smash think, in the seventh yeah. round. Yeah, I, I I looked and I was like, man, I didn't have enough. I made a point in my last few drafts to to target him because um, I felt like I I didn't have enough. So, yeah, so the I'm thing not, about I'm not the word yeah. is a seventh rounder. The thing about the Pitts preseason usage stuff is like I think I would chalk that up as nothing and I, and I still like mostly i'm chalking that up as nothing the only small part of me that makes me think that is real is the knee injury thing for him and yeah, he had that up. yeah that knee brace he was wearing i think he's shed that now but he wore that like much later than what sort of the twitter doctor consensus sort of predicted it, it was like flag yeah. sort of this is a bit of a red flag. He's still hobbling a little bit. He still has a knee Maybe brace. they were lying about how much. Yeah, maybe the injury was. is like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's what had me just a little worried on Pitts. Um, I think I'll end up being like slightly underweight him. But yeah, I, I definitely see, like I, I would not tell people that you're dumb for being in on Kyle Pitts this year. Um, it's just not. It's not my favorite play with sort of the different concerns there. But anyways, a couple funny things here I wanted to highlight. Um, Davis somehow scores a win for the Baker Mayfield take. Um, that ends up <laughs> being a positive riser in ADP value, which uh, yeah, when I that, when I pick when I picked him, he was like the quarterback 38 because people were still thinking Kyle Trask. People were thinking they might trade yeah. for Trey Lance. People are thinking they might trade for Tannehill. And I was like, no, dude, I Baker is going to win this job. Uh, so I, I like that win there. Feels like feels like uh, actually, if I had to go through all these picks, the one who should be graded as the biggest win is Brock Purdy. The the Purdy was a huge win because I, I, yeah, I agree. Actually, that's green. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> well, you, Karain, you sort of saved me actually because there would have been a chance that I would have been very stubborn on Trey Lance and that I would have been like, look, dude, you play to win the game. What do you win when you win? Trey Lance in the last round on a dog. And, and just like, it's an example, I think, of something I really would have been stubborn on when I was like 27 years old. And I never would have been a Purdy guy, but I totally changed course. And before Purdy got really expensive, like Purdy, I have 12% of him across 425 drafts on underdog. But at one point, it was way more than that. At one point, he was my mm -hmm. most drafted quarterback because he was like the quarterback 28. And that I was just like, that's just free money because yeah. he's, the 49ers starter. Um, now that he's like the quarterback 22, I like it a lot. Like obviously his closing price, I think is pretty close to efficient, but to me, that is one of the biggest wins. And I think James cook, Sam got on that very early as well. He ended up, mm -hmm. I mean, cook is, uh, I know this isn't a best ball show, but James cook is just a middle of the fifth round pick in the main event. Now, like if you're doing a main yeah. event yeah. this week and you want James cook, you got to spend a fifth round pick on him. Well, if we're trying to, win this game i mean here's a little bit of 
of uh, advice for, for my competitors here. We should be checking the high stakes drafts, the early high stakes drafts and comparing those to underdogs. I think that's like a good way to figure out who's going to get steamed, right? Like who are the high stakes guys on? That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will, I will say the Purdy one, like, I do think maybe I should get double credit for that. Cause that, that's a Lance Faller pick too. And that was, I mean, probably yeah. we didn't do fallers, but Lance was probably the biggest fall. Like, I mean, obviously Brace was pretty big too. Okay. But it'd be fun to do this, do this next year with fallers and just be haters at the end of shows instead of uh, pumping <laughs> hate, guys hate, up. We could play the, the Chappelle yeah. show, hate, hate clip. Yeah, yeah. We actually, actually, deadass, we should do that. We should pick a riser and a faller. I think that, I think that would be a good idea. I think we actually, like, unironic. I think that would be helpful because it could even be, it could even be guys with that we might even like a little bit, you know. But it would be oh, like, I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not buying, I'm not buying at this price. I'm gonna buy, you know, I'm gonna buy, I don't know, Jacoby Myers later after everyone has found someone else to be in love with. Right. Yeah. Or you guys could have got me on Brees there, um, you know. Yeah. yeah, I honestly probably would have been. I probably backed up your your breeze as a good pick take. So I can't even I can't even criticize you for that. I think. Um, how how is Michael even... Wilson? How is Michael Wilson not a bigger riser? I see that guy go in the fifteenth round. I guess it's just because he was an eighteenth round pick and fifteenth. Yeah, round is not yeah, it's not that big. That the, big. the percentage yeah. change isn't that big. That's the thing where like the Pollard thing like he only rose what eight spots maybe or maybe but it's a huge percentage difference huge percentage yeah like the penny thing i got penny at like two or maybe it was like 180 this is before he signed with the eagles that's when i had the penny take um so he had to shoot up a ton like 60 spots and he still didn't even match the the pollard and warren picks um but yeah the other thing to keep in mind here um you know pat has rankings where you can kind of influence oh, uh, ADP. so he has, he has all these kind of sheep sheep followers that you know take his rankings and just draft this off we're, that. We're, so, we are uh we are we are Leo, we are giving him the leone critique of i don't think it's time to give me the, the leone, yeah. i don't think yeah. i'm moving the market i'm not yeah leone. no every time he made a pick he just like shot those guys up in his rankings put them 10 <laughs> spots higher in my rankings yeah he was clearly yeah. gaming the system so we have to factor i think once you factor in all those variables you could argue that i i won the game but you know it's, it's <laughs> yeah well we need to factor in them a lot sam <laughs> Feels oh, like man. when when did I can't I can't see the color on the Ty Chandler pick. I assume that I made that one. Davis, we both had yeah, we both we had a duplicate Ty Chandler. We both had that, and neither of us really got paid off, even though I think we should have. That's that such one. bullshit. Yeah. Ty Chandler, Ty Chandler is like the best pick after pick 150 now. Like Ty Chandler faded, he like like Neo in the Matrix, he faded for net, he faded hunt, he faded all these guys. And Kenny and Wangu, who who was a port, reportedly ahead of him all preseason, gets placed on the short term IR. They claim Miles Gaskin, who all do respect to our friend's friend Laird Laird and Gaskin go way back, but he is not an NFL running back. He really is subpar. <laughs> all at, at it. <laughs> like I just you know, and like Ty Chandler is the answer to the Madison fade, which I think all of us are on. I don't think any yeah. of us are Madison guys. So like. Ty Chandler should be going where, like, he should be like the running back forty-five. He should be going like after a chain. Yeah, I, I have a rant on this where like we kind of, and I, I I tweeted this out, so apologies for repeating sort of the same take, but 
we've kind of like figured out or at least have good guesses on a lot of these running back two situations now and people are still just like saying yeah let's just draft like Devin Singletary who's maybe the the two down only backup to Damian Pierce not even going to play on third third downs now let's just draft him at 170 every time and leave like Rico Daddle, Ty Chandler, Jerome Ford. It's insane. All, it's all insane. these guys that have much more upside. I get maybe you can say their floors are a bit lower, but everyone's like Singletary at 170 every time, and let's just leave Rico Daddle at um, 0.5% drafted in BBM. I just I don't – it's, I don't it's get like it. inertia is only powerful for like some players. It's like, it's like uh, Curtis Samuel has been the wide receiver 75 to 77 for five months now. Like n- – like, Sam Howell hype, McLaurin injury, none of that has moved him at all. But then, like, one poorly sourced Eagles beat report on Kenneth Gainwell made him an 11th round pick for, like, five days. I just, like, I don't, I guess I don't really understand the for the market being so gung-ho based on some information and then not reacting to other information at all. I, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if it's yeah. like uh, the rankings that people are importing. I, I don't know. I don't actually do not know what it is. It, it is strange because like some guys did because at times I wondered if like the underdog ADP was updating kind of slowly or slower than some of the other sites. Because, But then I don't think that's right because like Darren Waller skyrocketed, like truly skyrocketed. skyrocketed. And that was one where it was just people, I think, being like, oh, he's healthy and he's the Giants' number one wide receiver. And that that information was kind of like – it was one of those things where I think like the more casual people came in, they were like, I'm going to take this guy. Like, why would I not take this guy in the fifth? Like, but then some other some other situations where I, you know, I feel like the case for, for a player role was super strong as well, they, their ADPs didn't really budge. So it was, just, it was sort of difficult – it was difficult to predict the risers um, overall. Yeah. And there, we didn't really have, like, last year we had the Jalen Warren thing where he kind of emerged out of nowhere as the clear RB2. He shot up draft boards, I think, if I'm remembering right, to, like, the 14th, 15th round. We didn't really have that this year, even though I think we kind of got, like, I guess people just don't want to believe in, like, the Rico Dowdle and Chris Evans stuff. And I, I get why you don't want to believe in that, but people seem to just not be buying like the camp news and preseason usage we were getting on some of these RB twos and just leaving them, you know, for free in the last round. Um, I kind of expected to see like, Oh, once we get the information on who Dallas is going to use at RB two, that's a very valuable role. I think it's pretty clearly Rico Dowdle with Malik Davis, you know, cut from the team and on the practice squad and the market's kind of just like, Rico, I, I would take, I would take Rico Dowdle straight up ahead of Ezekiel Elliott in like any format. Like any format, I would take Rico Dowdle ahead wow. of Zeke, but but you can get him in the 18th round. Well, that's the thing too is like, e- even if like I maybe slightly disagree on like straight up over, but then once you factor in that Zeke is probably going to be drafted in what 95, per- maybe there was like a five percent of you know window when he was unsigned and he didn't get drafted, but I think he's going to be drafted in like 95 percent of drafts, and Rico Dowdle is going to be like maybe 10 percent, like Chris Evans is going to be like maybe five percent, like. These bets, like, again, Chubba Hubbard, I think he's a pretty good bet. I'm not definitely not hating on the Chubba Hubbard pick, but is, like, once you factor in team situation, like, how many points are going to be available for running back on the Carolina Panthers versus the Cincinnati Bengals? Like, is, is Hubbard really a better pick in a vacuum than Dowdle, Chris Evans? Like, 
I'm pretty skeptical of that. And then once you factor in the roster ship or ownership, I'm like, why should I be clicking him over these guys? I, I don't know. I've been – There's I've also been, guys like, – I, I, yeah, think, I, I think the Chuba Hubbard one is a good one because I was still taking him at the end. And yeah. I was taking him at the end because I don't think very much of the starter. And I am confident that he is the clear number two. So that like compared to Chris Evans, like how confident am I that Chris yes. Evans is actually the number two? Like in a Chuba like Hubbard mixing... might be Chuba Hubbard might be the one B in Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that that's big, right? You're you're almost getting like a Jalen Warren type of bet with that. Whereas Chris Evans, like if Mixon misses a game, is it Travion who actually leads in snaps or or Chase Brown? You know, I don't but there are guys, and the guy I would say is Kyron Williams, who you know, yeah. I was on my final team and was rested with the starters. And, you know, we talked a million times how unathletic he is and everything. But, like, I actually feel confident that he is the number two there. And they've signaled all summer that he's the number two. And we got reports from, you know, uh, like spring practices that he was looking good as a pass catcher. He gets rested all preseason. He's not the only guy. But there are – Running backs, who I feel like have solidified themselves as like Keontae Ingram's maybe another one. Keontae Ingram is a really good one. Josh Kelly is another yeah. really good one. Like those guys are clearly no. The Josh Kelly thing is is uh, I, I actually think that's rational because Josh Kelly stinks and Josh Kelly is Josh the Kelly. Thing is, is he's on the Chargers. He's on the Chargers. That's the thing. The Josh Chargers. Kelly is a backup to a different position than Eckler. If Eckler gets hurt. Josh Kelly is not going to become a high value touch God. It will be, there'll be three guys playing and one of them got a little bit of preseason hype. I, I actually think the Kelly thing is totally rational. Well, okay. I, I guess, but like even, so one of the guys. That makes me feel to, good because I actually didn't draft a ton of Kelly. Yeah. I, drafted I don't have, and, yeah. and Kyron. I don't have a ton of Kelly either. And, and I get, you can make this argument for Kelly, for Dowdle, for Chris Evans. I, I understand the argument. And I see a lot of people in the chat making it that like when the starter goes down, we don't know that this running back is going to become a 60% snap player and be the clear starter. I, I get that. But I think people are overconfident that like, again, I like, I'm not hitting on Chubba Hubbard. I'm not hitting on Devin Singletary, but we're overconfident that those guys are going to have those rules roles when the starter goes down. Like this happens every year. You know, last year, Melvin Gordon was touted as like, I can't even I can't even deal with the Melvin Gordon stuff because I, I just openly mocked people who bid on Latavius Murray in my yeah. main events and they got paid off and it just like i just remember being like i do not know ball bro i do not know ball. i did not i did not bid on latavius murray i don't know ball yeah it's like the michael carter thing like michael carter and melvin gordon last year were touted as like these are the best rb2s to take because when the starter yeah. goes down yeah. they're gonna have massive contingent value guess what yeah. melvin gordon got cut and michael carter was phased out for zonovan knight an undrafted free agent. who has like, now been cut the all these RB twos that we're confident in now, like Zeke at one forty five, like that could completely fail if Ramondre gets injured. So what I'm saying is, like, I get Chris Evans hundred percent can fail. You can tell me he has higher odds of failing than Chubba Hubbard, and I agree with you. But a, a lot of these guys like aren't gonna be that massive contingent upside play, and I want to mix in like the expected fantasy points going to the Bengals and Cowboys running backs. If you're just saying. Uh, it's too uncertain. I don't want to like deal with those situations. I think that's a big mistake in a tournament like basketball. Like those backfields are going to create a shit. You want to you want to talk about backs. something hilarious? Is that the signal for the last month of the season has been 
that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be the chief starting running back in week yeah. one. And yeah. no one cares. I mean, no and I don't even, I, I care in the sense that I take him when he, when it's the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th round. But even I don't have the stones to be like, he's going to get more touches than uh, McKinnon, you know, like even I don't really have the stones to put my name that. And I think, I mean, Sean makes this point all the time, which is that like Clyde stinks. Like he really does stink. So any production you get from him is all related to whatever the chiefs decide to give him. And it could be, they could elevate generic Prince from the practice squad. They could elevate LaMichael P Ryan from the practice squad. And I would expect them to get better results, but like, Clyde stunk last year and was the running back eight in fantasy for the first month of the season. And the chiefs were undefeated. Like, you know, it, it, it was, or did they lose? was the Colts game week three. It doesn't matter. Point being like the market just decides on guys, talent levels. And they're right yeah. about Clyde. Like Clyde. Absolutely. The thing, I guess the thing about Clyde specifically is that you, you feel he has no chance to contribute in the three week sprint. Like he will be a complete, he might, he might be cut by the three week sprint, but he is going to be the I don't chief think earning. That's necessarily true. Like it, I mean, he has contingent value in that sense. Like if if Pacheco was banged up, like Clyde is basically he's he's very bad, but he I don't think is bad enough to get like cut as their first round pick. Like they're gonna just see it out. You know, he yeah, will he at least ever... like knows he knows the offense. I think they yeah. trust him to block for Mahomes to some extent. Like, yeah. He's like his talent, sort of like a tax on the opportunity that he will receive, but he's still going to produce. Like it's only like a twenty percent tax. So, you know, you're going to get eighty percent of that opportunity. He's going to get twelve carries and four targets against the Lions on Thursday night, and people are going to be like losing their minds. They're going to be like, "How did we not know?" And I, I mean, he's going to turn that into like thirty-eight yards and probably no touchdowns. But Pacheco's been dinged. They very. I mean, we don't even have to guess. We know for a fact that McKinnon is not going to get the work early in the season. Like no, it, no chance is he, I mean, he'll be, he'll play third downs, but they're not going to do the gadgety end zone stuff with him to begin the season. I, I wouldn't, I don't project. Yeah. That feels like more likely to come on later in the year. We, we saw that last year. I mean, I, I made this point in our chat, like, like McKinnon was the RB two overall from weeks 13 to 17. Like he had this insane stretch. It kind of gets forgotten about because in the playoffs, um Pacheco did get more carries did get more targets but McKinnon was still playing a bunch in the playoffs he led the team in snaps in the Super Bowl so I I do agree with you Davis that I imagine they kind of want to rest McKinnon for the stretch run um assuming he has something left but and they're just gonna um, do weird stuff I mean they kept seven wide receivers like the Chiefs are going to be they're going to be more annoying than they were last year. Like, however annoying you thought the Chiefs were for fantasy football last year, they are going to be more annoying this year. It's going to be like Justin Ross is going to play like three snaps, then he's going to play 35 snaps the next week, then he's going to go back to 10. Then Rashi Rice is going to play 11 snaps, but get four targets on those 11 snaps. Like, it is going to be a fucking nightmare. Seven wide receivers on the Chiefs, two of whom are awful in MBS and Justin Watson. Like, it is... It is a nightmare, dude. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. Okay, anyways, let's let's move to touch on the two uh, pieces of news we got since we last talked. Let's start with the Cooper Cup injury. So he's, you know, visiting a body specialist, whatever that means, in Minnesota right now to try to get his hamstring 
figure it out. Don't he has like dropped in. Don't want to hear body yeah. That was that was like I felt chills down my spine. <laughs> yeah, when, when I read the words, when I read yeah. the words, he went to Minnesota to see a specialist. I was like, that is what you hear mm. before. Oh, we're actually gonna we're actually gonna sit him for three weeks. Not a doctor, a body specialist. Yeah, what, what is a say. body specialist? Yeah, I, I, I mean Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is uh, he's a deadhead. So maybe he's like seeing like a like a homeopathic like holistic uh, like chakra aligning specialist or something. Maybe Alex Guerrero is he involved in this? Maybe. Oh yeah. God, I hope not. I mean, the thing <laughs> is though, is that we have like demonstrable cases of hamstring injuries like ruining seasons for really good wide receivers. Like hamstrings are what turned Julio Jones from Julio Jones into a guy who went to go play for the Titans. It was it was his hamstring. Like it is bad for a wide receiver to have a recurrence of a hamstring injury it is yeah the, the recurrence was very scary. okay so let's frame the conversation two ways one where would you guys take cup like forget best ball mania like forget the leverage of getting him later when most teams got him earlier let's just say like you're in a home league with your buddies tonight um where are you drafting see, see home league cup? i don't want to take him home league your payoff is so low and the risk of ruin is so much higher the spot i feel like where you want to take him is in the main event is in these big tournaments where the payoff is massive your your payoff is getting a mispriced player who can lead the position in points per game like home so, league yeah. i'm taking him after waddle that that's my line is is okay. wide receiver wide receiver 12 whereas i think i would take him still before Devonte adams in like i i'm doing a main event tonight and we pick at the 105 so there's like a fairly decent chance he's there coming back around in the second round based on what i've seen like he doesn't get there every time but there's some reasonable chance and my guys who i'm picking with don't want to take him but i kind of want to take him i, I would take him behind adams at this point yeah that's that's i think what my line would be is it's very close to yours davis but i would take adams ahead of him because i think they both have like even without the injury i think the systemic as much as i kind of was buying the stafford cup stacks this season i i think there is a lot of systemic risk with the rams too you can make that case with the raiders but Devonte just being healthy uh, I, i'm taking him over cup at this point um, well we're we're already starting to get the the overall bad vibes and i hadn't even pondered this but the los angeles rams do own their 2024 first round pick that had not the occurred first to time me. in 10 years that had not occurred to me until people started responding because i i sent a cup tweet yesterday and people started saying actually i sent a caleb williams tweet uh, making fun of the Cardinals beat writers and people were like, no, the Rams actually have good beat writers. And I was like, Oh my fucking God, that would be for so many reasons. Him going to the Rams would be a disaster for me. Um, mostly because Wait, who I going to the Rams, Caleb Williams, that the Rams get oh. the number one overall pick. Oh. Like I have, a, I have a lot of Higby actually, I guess in that world Tutu probably sees like 113 targets. If the Rams are the worst team in the NFL, it is, it is short King fall for the Los Angeles Rams probably. But it's really bad. I mean, Cup, I don't see like they're go too good. Like they have Stafford, they have Donalds, they like they've got McVeigh. Like they're not gonna lose. I mean, I they would have to like outright like obviously tank like to beat the Cardinals and the Bucks to the first pick. Like I I don't I don't really see it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably hopium, probably from people who root who root for the Rams because they know that as currently constructed, there are no outs to to like this team as constructed can't win a Super Bowl right now. 
I get maybe if Stafford like totally turns the clock back and plays like twenty five year old Lions Matt Stafford or whatever, but they're they're just so thin. Like they're they're a st- they're they're the guy who shows up to your auction and does stars and scrubs, but instead of buying Justin Jefferson and Christian McCaffrey, he buys Najee Harris and uh, Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams like suffers like an old guy knee injury. You know, this like, is the best so- analogy of ever. I mean, Cooper Cup was sitting right there for you. you yeah, I guess I guess that's right. You, it's, he's the guy. <laughs> He's the guy who shows up to your to your auction draft and spends half his budget on Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Like that is literally what <laughs> that's literally that's literally what the Rams are. Um, and so I, I think you're right. I think they probably are too good. But the point being is it got people on the doom the doom thought of they just sit him out. He comes back. The Rams absolutely stink. He feels a twinge. And mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. it's it's like the season that Devonte Adams got turf toe. I think he missed nine games or eight games the year he got turf toe, and the Packers were awful that year. And they and it just kind of it just didn't work out. Like it's it's totally in the range. It is completely in in the range of outcomes that they get the number one. I don't know. It uh, it strikes me as is very unlikely. Just because like not that not that they're that bad, but that they're bad enough that there's just like, why are we even playing Cooper Cup? Like what's the point? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. That seems possible. So um, just to nail down where you guys would take him, let's let's talk main event managed leagues because we're in that season now. Uh you're on the clock, say say pick 16, Devontae Adams, all those wide receivers are gone and you have the choice between him and Mark Andrews at pick like Andrews, 17. Andrews, Andrews. Not like without without a thought, like clicking okay. it so fast. Yeah. Pat, mm-hmm. the same page? Yeah, Andrews. Okay. What about then him versus Waddle, Olave, Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley, those guys? I'm taking I'm taking Waddle, but I'm taking I'm taking him over Olave, T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley, all those guys, I think. Yeah, I think I think I'm with Davis there. I, it, yeah, I would say in a home league, like the thing with with the home league, if you're, I do want to think through like what can I not get later in a in a big way, and the the idea of like I'm going to beat these guys like in a million different ways throughout this draft. So what? So cup, I probably I probably would take cup over Waddle in a home league, just with the idea of like if he's if he's out the whole year, I can still win this league. And if he's yeah. cup, I've already won the league. It And it depends, like, obviously on your your bench spots and your starting lineup. Like, when people say home league, they normally mean one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, kicker, defense. But, like, my home league, we're all virgins. So we have three, we have three flexes and deep benches. So, like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I mean, he was a, he was kept in my home league. We do one keeper, but like I would probably, probably not. I would have taken Waddle over him in yeah. that in that setting. Yeah. Well, that's fair because in the in the shallow home leagues, like you can, I, I in a home league once I took McCaffrey first overall the year he was out the whole season. I still won the league. Like in those shallow leagues, right. you can really recover from one of your top two picks completely busting. So I'm just kind of going all upside but yeah in, in like the sharper home leagues more starting spots i think cup starts to get trickier because For sure. he's, he's already they're already saying he's gonna miss week one it just seems like a very very risky pick at this point so if you are in leagues that reward that you know then then make that selection if you're in leagues that, i could see you know, you taking win yeah olave ahead of him in in that type of setting yeah, like, yeah. the, the better home, pay off the, 
you know, Ridley, even Ridley, Ridley's also high upside, but he's not injured, right? I mean, no, I I'm get, not taking Ridley over Cup. I'm no, but yeah, I, I probably wouldn't either, but I could see, like, I wouldn't think you're, if my, one of my buddies is like, I'm in a deep league, whatever, I'm considering this, I'm scared about the Cup injury, I wouldn't say you're an idiot for doing it. I probably wouldn't do it, though. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that either. I, I get the, it. I, I wouldn't do it. The better home league pick is Jonathan Taylor because generally running backs are overpriced in home leagues and um, the waiver is going to be thinner at running back. Like people are going to read their, you know, they're going to read Daigle's four for four waiver wire column and know which running backs to bid on. Whereas wide receiver is just like, you're just not making up Cooper cups points, you know, like you could, like you could take Jonathan Taylor and like you could start, Deion Jackson week one you could start Raheem Moster week one or whatever and Frankenstein RB it a little bit because because but Jonathan Taylor if Jonathan Taylor comes back in week five for the Colts or for whatever team he gets traded to because running back X suffered a season-ending knee injury and a team ponied up a second round pick for him um I mean and his cost is lower too like at this like so in my home league Jonathan Taylor lasted all the way to the seventh round and I took him. Now the it, it's a weird format. My team sucked last year. I traded for a bunch of future picks. Like it was the most obvious selection ever for me. But I do think when you're getting into the range of like 17 games at Cam Akers or Rashad White or 10 games at Jonathan Taylor, I mean, I think I do probably. It's just a matter of I do think the the true 17 game sit out is totally. Like I'm not taking Jonathan Taylor in best ball. I am not. I yeah. am not taking him. I my last ten or fifteen on underdog or DraftKings, I didn't take him a single time. I, I only timed out and took him in a in a, <laughs> in a Rottweiler. It was a real. I, I, I don't know what's oh, going no. on. The internet here is even worse than New York. I've timed out so many times. Like every single draft I did before, like my last two, but like probably five drafts in a row, I timed out at least one pick, and one of them was on Jonathan Taylor. One of them was on Aaron Rodgers when I had a oh. Russell Wilson stack set up. It was yeah. There's been some there's been some rough yeah. timeouts. I've been seeing a lot of sharp drafters post that um, Aaron Rodgers Alan Lazard stack though, so I think that's enough. Oh yeah, they there's a lot of sharp guys. Uh, out a lot there. of sharp guys. Doing it. But <laughs> let's let's go back to Taylor. Um, let's have the best ball conversation on him first because to me it's absolutely insane. His ADP is still forty two. It's wild. He's unpickable. He's unpickable. It's so, awesome though, isn't it? Awesome, like for guys who were taking Jonathan Taylor that he never got super cheap. Yeah, he hasn't even stayed. like it's come so around sweet. all the way of the board. Like it's it doesn't make any sense. He's That's, priced to me. It. Like okay, what if you just said Taylor is a hundred percent healthy? There, he has no issue with the team. He's gonna play. He's just suspended for four games for PEDs or something. I think mm-hmm. that's basically what this price reflects. The, the price is reflecting like a four-game suspension. No other questions. He's going to play. That, that's like not that's, what the situation. That's, right. that's what his current price would. That he's priced efficiently for that situation. Exactly. Exactly. He's priced efficiently for that. But there's way more uncertainty than that in my mind. So I, I think yeah. like I don't know. He what, might not play all season. Yeah. They asked it, for Jalen Waddle in the trade. Like the, the odds of him being traded, we should view as like. Maybe like really low because they because they're now nuts. okay. I got you I see got Chris another Ballard's question. Petulant for you. press conference too. Uh, did did Andrew Luck have a good running back? <laughs> like he was. I'm like this guy's. I don't think this guy's pulling off any kind of trade talks, man. Uh, he's, he's not. He's not a negotiator. Okay, so the Colts open up the year 
home to the Jaguars, road Texans, road Ravens, home to the Rams. You know what? They they actually might have two of their winnable games to start the year. I was going to say what happens if – I think if they start the year 0-4 without him, the chances of him either getting traded because it doesn't matter or getting the contract extension are more likely. But I, I'm seeing now that they play the Texans and the Rams, so there actually is a chance of them being 2-2 two and two when – the pup is up and that actually changes how I feel a little bit that to me, that makes it less likely that he is traded or uh, that he receives a new contract at that point. Yeah. My, my like, and maybe this is the wrong, it's hard to say like, this is the median outcome for Taylor. Cause it's so uncertain, but my sense is like, he obviously wants to accrue a season. He has to get six games to accrue a season. These four games on the pup actually t- count towards that six games that he needs to accrue. As a long season. as he's activated. Yeah. Exactly. So if if he is on the pup for these four, I think what he's going to do is like get healthy enough or be pretend he's healthy he, enough he to play in like enough, honestly. Gonna, I think enough. I think he's going to play in like two or three games and then go back to the oh my ankles hurt, I'm too injured to play. He he can do that. Like he had an ankle surgery, he has like enough plausible, you know, deniability. Dude, he to can do say that. it's his back or something. Yeah. Like he can do so, whatever he wants. I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to play a couple games, like probably not full workhorse Jonathan Taylor. And then as, if he doesn't get a new contract, he's going to say, fuck you guys, my ankle hurts again. And I had just accrued a season. So let's go do this again next offseason. That's what I, I think is going to happen. I think you're right. I think my read on it now is that basically they were, they were like basically like piped down. Like we'll, we'll talk about a contract after the season, like yeah. play, play out your deal. Um, you know, you're running back. We're not, we're not gonna. And he was just like, he kind of forced the issue. And they took an extremely ridiculous stance with the rest of the league that they wanted, um, you know, $10 on the dollar, basically. Yeah. And, and kind of did what we thought. There was some speculation right when the trade request, right when, the, you know, they said they were allowing him to seek a trade. Some of the initial speculation was like, this is all BS. They're, they're not, actually going to accept anything reasonable and i think that was ultimately exactly right that they they were never serious about him getting traded they were they were like yeah if someone wants to pay us something outrageous and we'll certainly ask for things that are outrageous but yeah they're basically like they're they're kind of just playing hardball with him and i don't know i don't trust their i think they're i think they're playing this really stupidly frankly like they have a they have a young team they could have gotten something of value for a running back who's asking for a new contract and they should have taken it. And the fact that they didn't just makes me, I, I don't know. I think, I think this could go really badly. I think, yeah. You could play the two fact games, that it's Jim, the fact it. that it's Jim Mercy just means like, we don't know shit. Like this is, this guy's one of the most like, ra- like they traded a first round pick for Trent Richardson when Trent Richardson like looked like shit, you know, like right. yeah. they'll, it just, well, that was a different guy. That was, that was Gregson. Yeah. Ursay might have been involved. I mean, the other I'm thing sure is that Ursay was involved. Other yeah, teams, was, like was. other teams, I think this was reported that other teams, presumably the Dolphins, like were able to come to an understanding with Taylor that like if we trade for you, we'll agree to this sort of like contract. I don't think the reporting was that Taylor was asking to like have the entire running back contract be flipped on it. Like I think he was just asking for you know top end money, but not like some ridiculous CMC level insane running back contract. I don't think it's that crazy that the, you could argue that the Colts should just kind of acquiesce somewhat to Taylor's demands. I mean, I think 
no, not having him. yeah either trade him or give him the reasonable contract that he wants you're you're now putting anthony richardson like a quarterback who already has a ton of questions out on the field with you know no running threats aside him in the backfield like that could be bad for his long-term development too defense is just gonna be able to cue on cue in on him even more now with you know Deion jackson in the backfield so I don't know. I think they really just butchered this whole thing. Either should have traded him or come to an agreement. I don't think he was asking for like an insane contract. They really just seemed like they it's a great point about what he's asking for because because that makes me feel actually makes me feel worse about this whole situation that he wasn't asking for something outrageous because it's like one less thing that can change, right? If he was if he was like in this position where he's asking for this huge deal and you know. Then through this trade request, it comes out that basically he's asking for too much and now Taylor might have to reconsider. That's like, okay, Taylor reconsiders and they come to an agreement. But the fact that he's not is just, it's all in the cults, just like being dicks. <laughs> and it's like, now dude, I have to, I have to count on the cults just magically decide to stop being dicks at some point this year. And I don't, I don't know why they, they would. I also, I mean, I want it on the record. Le'Veon Bell, his ADP, August 31st, 2018, was the second overall pick in fantasy football. Like, yeah. people thought they knew. People thought, like, oh. I, I took him in, out. in one of the – I was, like, traveling or something that summer, and I was very tuned out from fantasy football, one of the few summers where I wasn't paying attention. I just went into a draft. I was the idiot that just took Le'Veon Bell second overall, and then I started Googling him after, like, I saw the blurbs, and I'm like, wait. He's he's not on the team. Like, what, what did I do? You went, you went stars what? and scrubs with Le'Veon Bell. I went stars, stars and scrubs, scrubs with Le'Veon. I showed up to the auction. I thought I knew what I was doing and took Le'Veon Bell. I ended up. I remember I had to ship him off like mid-season or no. I think I shipped him off before week one for a package of like Lamar Miller and Daniel Jones. Like it was so sad. Some cost, that, dude. You you get yeah. it. That's sharp. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Anyways, we're in a draft now. We we snuck into this thing with uh, only one other badge. I think. We're taking McCaffrey here, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I actually, uh, I think I, I, I had my last draft, my my one fifty. I got Chase at three. Which yeah, uh, mine too. I uh, I wanted to do because I didn't. I realized I'd never done the Tyree Kill, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson start, and I got a three in my last draft, and I was like, beautiful. And then Tyreek went right before, so I, I got a Chase start instead beautiful so the way i've been i guess like let's talk a little strategy here we're kind of just doing this without without talking at all we'll figure it out i've the way i've been playing the last couple of bbm drafts is i've been going with a lot of hero rb or like zero rb drafts to take advantage of um sort of the undrafted rb2s at the end of drafts uh lock up sort of my wide receivers lock up an elite tight end maybe an elite quarterback early on are you guys we'll, we'll see what comes to us obviously but are you kind of on on board with that general approach, try to play this through an anchor um, McCaffrey build. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I still would uh, take, maybe take Brees at the 4.3, depending yeah. on, on how yeah. it works, but yes. Okay. That, that three, four turn, man, is just the, the two, three turn, the three, four turn and the four, five turn are just, um, they're just miserable, miserable places to draft. We're just going to put a couple guys in the queue <laughs> that we want to have our eyes on later. Um, <laughs> let me know if you disagree with any of these guys. I can't <laughs> fucking believe you drafted Alan Lazard unironically. I truly can't. <laughs> guys, I, 
<laughs> okay, okay. This is the position I was in. You know, I had Garrett Wilson, three picks past ADP value. It comes around yeah. me on the turn. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard are both staring at me. And what did I do? I, I said, hey, if I take Lazard here, I'll be able to push Rodgers around the turn, get him at a huge value. <laughs> That's what I did. I don't know why you guys are so upset about that. Uh, I, w- I, honestly, building- I have a I have a piece of team, and I honestly wish you'd been sniped on Rodgers. I really <laughs> wish you had to come back to us and explain why this team has Alan Lazard and Garrett Wilson and not Rodgers. Oh man! And fucking Zeke, dude. It's like dude, you did 30, it. 30 you did picks it. past. You gotta take. You gotta take thirty picks. Eighty. No, I actually think I it's fine. I think it was fine. Zeke was fine. No, I don't know. I guess I, I was just hating earlier on the show of like taking these these gross RB twos, and you can take the undrafted guys. But this was in a Rottweiler. This was not a BBM where I did this. Like, I want one Zeke share to hedge my full i have actually like zero zeke up until that point so um seems seems all right davis is still best davis davis is never good i mean you yeah. get him in like what 176 or something i'm i am at this stage of the season i'm ideologically drafting so yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm i'm pissed <laughs> well, if you guys want to recant your shares in this team, you're, no, you're I don't. fully. Uh... I, I, don't. I thought I, don't. I thought about it. I thought about it, <laughs> but no, I don't. Okay, so coming up to us here, we're gonna get a chance at one of the Smith Ridley T guys. Um, let's see what this drafter does. I assume we're taking one of the wide receivers here, unless someone wants to argue for for Andrews. I guess. Um, what do you guys think? No, because it's this version of the team is worse than the Justin Jefferson, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson teams. Yeah, in my opinion. Oh well, we don't have that choice. So I, this is where I'd be. Yeah. I'm either Devonta yeah. to try to get Hurts, or we play Duke Calvin Ridley. What do you guys say? Correct, Devonta. I almost always go Devonta to go with Hurts. Yeah, let's let's go for that. And then it, and then you and then you tilt when the the team that should not take Jalen right. Hurts. Takes yeah. Yeah. It works about forty uh, percent of the time. Yeah, this this Cameron guy is going to take Mahomes and then Hurts. I can already I can already see it coming. I saw a, a, an Allen Burrow in the last draft, and I had I had Jamar Chase and T. <laughs> Someone went Allen Burrow. The beautiful. annoying thing is like you're going to be checking your leagues in like week thirteen, and you're going to see a team that took you know Hurts and Mahomes. They have the same bye week too. You're going to see a team. In your league that took those two guys and is like crushing you and advancing out of the pod. And you're gonna that's fine. Like, yeah, that's fine. This shit is so stupid. Why do we play this game? But that's then fine. they take. But then they take Ryan Tannehill in uh in yeah. round eighteen to to tie the room together. You can't even take Jimmy Garoppolo because he also has a week thirteen bye. So we'll see. The fact what... that you know that is is <laughs> it's been a long summer. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did the full week 17. My, my home, I, my home league draft was this weekend. We ah. always go back to Kansas city and do all of our stuff. Um, and we take T. Yeah. If this guy takes T I'd probably be, I don't know. Jacobs. I, I can see arguments for I, Jacobs. I, I, Allen I, would or take, I would take Debo. I'm, I'm Metcalf over, over Debo. But, uh, have fun staying. Have fun staying poor. I, I've been. I've been. I've been so JSN pilled. I was like so ambivalent on JSN. I've been full JSN pilled. Wait. <sighs> hang on. 
you told me have fun staying poor when I didn't have Metcalf. Now it's have yep. fun staying poor when you do. Okay. It's called it's called being. My vote here is I, actually probably Josh. It's Josh Allen. Let's do. I'll take I would Josh probably take Allen, Allen here and try to set up some bills backdoor stuff. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Well, we can get we can get Deontay Hardy. Yeah. You can get Knox. Knox is still free. I, <laughs> I like Knox a ton. Hardy's free. Um, Hang on. I just. Uh, I just love the idea of going around calling people and saying people have fun staying poor with, with no ideological consistency. And <laughs> this is called being Bayesian. That's strong, <laughs> strong opinions, strong opinions weekly held. Ever heard of it? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> strong opinions about your financial position weekly held. I mean, uh, I, I thought I thought the Metcalf thesis was good. But the Metcalf thesis implies that JSN is not the guy no, you see, need. I don't know about that. So this is – I think the Metcalf, Metcalf thesis is just 6'4", 240-pound wide receiver, scores 15 touchdowns. It's and that's not, not it's that – It's not 2015 anymore, man. We've moved on. Our wide receivers are 5'8", 180 pounds, and they, uh, they got the quick twitch muscle. I don't know. So, like, Metcalf, though – that that was like his thing coming out of college. Everyone's like, oh, he's kind of a one-dimensional wide receiver. He's just big and fast, blah, blah, blah. The wide receiver film bros are telling us that Metcalf can run a full route tree. He's really developed the past couple of years. Like Harmon, those guys love what he can do. I think he actually just ran bad on like really good opportunity last year. I think like Hayden and some others have pointed out he really underperformed in touchdowns. I don't buy that. DK Metcalf he, he, led, something... he led the league in um, end zone targets. Yeah, he's fucking huge. Like, he, I think that's the thing. Like, I get the Metcalf faders argument. It's like, ah, oh, you're paying a high price when JSN and Lockett are still there. But, man, he's not leaving the field in two wide receiver sets for JSN. Damn it. It totally makes sense. It totally makes sense that you're a Metcalf guy because DK Metcalf is the running back of elite wide receivers. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is – he, he, and I, I didn't. One of my friends made that point to me this year because, of course, the guy who took Najee Harris in our league drafted DK Metcalf. He, he's always like the the Zeke drafter, the not like whoever the deadest dead zone running back is. This guy in our league always takes him, and he had this giant hard on for DK Metcalf when we were like, "Yeah, you just like him because he is the running back of wide receivers," and it's so it's so accurate. He really is. I, I obviously I like DK Metcalf. He's awesome, but I have just been JSN pilled. Yeah, I think he's just been he's been overpriced all summer. Um, but but like yeah, in the order of wide receivers, are you just saying overpriced relative to other positions, or are there wide receivers that you think should other be wide receivers? Yeah, like I would well, take go ahead I would in? take I would take Debo over him, but I think positionally he's ranked appropriately. Debo is the running back of wide receivers. If you guys are giving well, me literally, that. yeah, yeah, well, I mean, literally, <laughs> yes. Debo Debo is in these formats where all the money is concentrated at the top and having you know fine weekly floors doesn't matter Debo is such a guy you want because he could be the fantasy point over expectation god I mean he could he could lead fantasy football and fantasy points over expectation and has done so before yeah um yeah I just Metcalf I don't think is like a true elite receiver I think he's he's a good receiver but he's he's on a team that's not gonna have a ton of passing attempts and just added a really good receiver as a third receiver and Lockett showed no signs of falling off. So yeah, you could get there on touchdowns, but like that's my bet in the third round. Yeah. So here let's, let's go back to the conversation, but here are you guys good with Drake London? He would be my For sure. clear pick here. Yep. Yeah. I like okay. him a lot. 
But okay, like Drake London, like Drake London could have a 30% target share in a, in a true breakout season. Like 30% target share, 84 targets. Yeah. Well, that's that's actually the kind of the crazy thing is that like they over the last four games with Ritter at quarterback, they weren't like super, super run heavy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but Metcalf were, like saw right? I mean he saw 141 like, targets last year, like that's a shit ton. I, I don't know. I feel like people have this misconception. Maybe it's because the raw stats don't look that good. But, man, that's I, the I think they added JSN, man. I, mean, I know, but the, you don't think problem. the pass attempts are going to – like, they're going to run way more three wide receiver sets. I think the pass attempts are going to spike massively in Seattle. Like, last year they literally yeah. had to put up, like, what, D. Eskridge and Marquise Goodwin to get three wide receiver sets. I, it, they're not going to turn into some – Yeah, know, but don't you think Pete Carroll just wants to – don't you think he wants to just own Russell Wilson and, like – lead the league in pass no. attempts just to prove a point. That could be kind of a funny bit, though. No, I think Pete Carroll wants to have a Pete Carroll team. I think he wants to have a balanced team. Like, not I, – he showed a different gear last year, but, you know, I don't think they're going to go like – Okay, yeah, let's talk through this. I would probably be Kirk here unless we want to – Kirk, Kirk or uh, Walker went. Yeah, Kirk. Kirk, uh, the I'm other okay wide receivers – yeah, we're just this taking dude, this dude. Fucking drafts Zeke. He drafts Lazard, and then he puts Najee Harris in the queue. I mean, are you just doing bits? Are you yeah. are you reverse well, ideological drafting? The whole time, I I hope we could also. Well, it's too late, guys. Na- Najee at fifty one isn't isn't horrible. Pat, you you Najee... taking Najee in the no, fifth round? Because if Najee is a bad pick at forty, the context doesn't change. It he it he, if uh, Najee Harris or Cam Akers, it's the it it. They're, they're, Najee they're Harris, bad, I think, bad was picks. okay in the fifth, but everything, all the information we got in the summer makes me even squeamish there. Yeah, fair. He, he's I, I mean, I would mostly take Kirk. Like, I, I probably randomize that selection and take Najee. Like, I, I think I have like 2% Najee this year, and it is in this spot when he falls to the fifth. I get the Najee. I'm like super low on Najee. Like, had 0% of him for a very long time. I just think at some point, like I'm just not super ideological about going 0% on guys. Like I'll get to one, 2% even on guys that I, I absolutely hate. So that that's where that's coming from, but I, I get it. Um, I like, I like going with Kirk there. He's, he's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we screwed up that pick, but I'll explain why later. It wasn't, it wasn't because I wanted Najee. He did want yeah, Najee. I kind of maybe know where you're going with that, but um We'll see. Taylor's still on the board here. This is actually in my BBMs. Maybe it's just a small sample for me, but I have been seeing him get scooped up at this 41 ADP. This is one of the farthest I've seen him slide. I guess at some point would maybe have to have the discussion with him at 75, maybe 70. Um, I'm still a little squeamish there, to be honest, but I think you could at that. That's the point where you can start to make the argument for me. Um, 75 at, at pick 40 is ADP. I'm like, so, so far out on that. Yeah, I'm very out at that. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's look at the drafters here. Um, the one other red badge in the room scoops up three running backs early in Barkley Pollard and Aaron Jones. Reaches on Addison Man, and Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones Aaron Jones feels like one of the he just like I just it never occurs to me to take him, really. So well, the here's Aaron round, Jones. I mean, yeah. that, that's like one of the worst picks. I, I, I just, Kenneth I mean, Walker's sorry. ranges. Kenneth Walker's range. I Kenneth Walker. I think we might look back on this season and be like, "What were we doing, being afraid 
of Zach Charbonnet for Kenneth Walker. Like Kenneth Walker is like so such a home run hitter. And I mean, look, if he go, what do you have like nine targets all of last season or something? Like guys can improve and get better. Like if he go, like kind of like Henry, actually. He was a horrendous receiving prospect, though. Was like was Gabe Davis the guy who you were thinking of, Pat? Yeah, Gabe so, Davis. Yeah. We should have taken Gabe Davis over Kirk. That was no. We're gonna take we're gonna take Kincaid and Hardy. That's that's actually why I think reaching for Gabe Davis is <laughs> is sharp because if, otherwise you end up taking Kincaid, <laughs> who's like the worst pick on the on the. No, we don't oh, have come to. On. I don't want to force. It's a it's a ridiculous price we're paying for Kincaid. No, so he's gotta, somehow going up. You gotta, he's like, you gotta give he's up. He's flitting gotta, Joku right now. It's it's you gotta the, give up. You nuts. gotta give up the ghost. Gretch Gretch actually wrote this great post the other day on Substack about like why we have to stop being afraid or stop like stop being afraid of rookies just being stars. And Reeves did Reeves did a bunch of research on rookie tight ends and basically found like per snap they were all just in line with with where they were drafted. It's just some of them didn't get the snaps and. Yeah, this that's the all thing is, is those guys those guys are just covering their asses. I'm out here saying, <laughs> guy, the the steamy tight end who everyone thinks is breaking out. I'm gonna fade him, and if it's if it's hurting me, it's hurting me. I I have I have uh, capitulated slightly and drafted him occasionally, but he's not a good pick at this price. He just isn't. Yeah, so I think we should take Pickens here pretty clearly. Are you guys on yeah, board with that? Ten picks, ADP Very. value. Um, yeah, would have been nice to have a chance of JSN coming back around, but that seems like the pick. So we're, we're setting up for a good Zeke correlation on this team too. Okay. Yeah. A couple things I want to talk through. So on the Davis, the research you pointed out by Reeves, where th- this is something we talked about, I think early in the off season where that rookie tight end and give credit to, to Liam here. He's talked about this as well. The rookie tight ends aren't getting fantasy take. The, the mechanism for how that happens is that there's a veteran guy on the team that blocks the player from playing snaps. Now, in this year, you have to be really careful for the rookie tight ends and looking at, does that player exist on the team? And that's whether you should decide or not whether to buy in that narrative. And for Kincaid, it's really tough, right? Because I think Dawson Knox pretty clearly blocks him from playing in 11 personnel. He, Kincaid, he had a good preseason, but he was getting absolutely blown up in blocking reps against defensive linemen like I think Knox blocks him from that. So the question is how much of this like 11.5 personnel do the bills play with both Knox and Kincaid on the field at the same time. If you think that's their base offense, they're going to play that a ton. I think Kincaid can. Well, off, one but... of the ADPs has to be wrong. Either Kincaid's or Hardy's has to be. Hardy's wrong. is wrong. Hardy is. I, a think, smash. I think Hardy is, is a complete. Hardy, I, think smash. A I actually, I'm actually looking at his Wikipedia page right now. He is way better than I remembered. He played. Hardy's, Hardy's good. He's good. He's super fast. I, I, so yeah, let's 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 six. talk through this, guys, quickly. Um, I do think if we're going with the more Javante. hero zero RB, getting okay, Pat. I, I would be Goddard here because we have Defonta. I kind of like betting. I would actually, I would actually take, I would take Kyle Pitts if this was my team. I'm Pat, fine with I'm fine here. with Goddard. I don't mind doing the Eagles thing. Okay. The thing I, is, I would is on, that I'd be on Goddard here too. So Pitts gives Goddard. us the round eighteen quarterback stack, so we don't have to fuck with it. I just this Which was a way was? for uh, us to not have to take Dalton Kincaid by sneaking this Dallas Goddard. Well, pick yeah, we no, we need, still we, we still need we still need to take Kincaid. We're, we're gonna we're gonna well, have it's a reason. It's Josh actually Allen the way I look at it is we can take Kincaid now and have him do what he's going to do, which is very little for most of the yeah. year, and then 
score some touchdowns in the playoffs, which is how Liam's going to get there and shove it down my throat <laughs> on this stupid fucking take. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's interesting, yeah. like, the, the Josh Allen drafter, again, I'm not, like, one of these people that thinks focusing on uniqueness matters that much in these things, but I do think, like, just betting on the Eagles offense being awesome when you don't have Hurts is kind of tough to do, but you can do it when you have Josh fucking at Like, yeah. the Eagles yeah. can smash and the Bills can smash, and we can be in a great position with I, Allen. I do like that conceptually, taking the teammates of the other elite quarterbacks when you have the elite quarterback. It just, yes, it, exactly. It just, get, just gets you into weird parts of the game tree. I, I do agree with that 100%. Because if we were throwing out sort of a limp dick quarterback trio of like Brock Purdy, you know, Desmond Ritter and whatever, uh, Kenny Pickett, I would not do this because then it's so thin that we can compete with like an Eagle smash week. But when we have Josh Allen, I think we we totally can. And we can totally can with Josh Allen running in like two. Yeah, we need Josh Allen. It it puts you in a spot where maybe Diggs has like four catches and Gabe Davis Mm -hmm. only scores like nine points or whatever because Josh Allen went new as a rusher. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's optimal. Like, I don't think that's the best strategy you could do, but I do think it's a, a fine part, fine yeah. thing to we'll, do. We'll get our bill stacks. Like, yeah. Kincaid, I mean, Kincaid's not totally out of play. If he falls past ADP Knox is very much in play. I think no, we, we probably taking, should take we are, him. We're taking Kincaid ahead of ADP. Yeah. Oh. We're taking Kincaid ahead of it. We need really? the, we need the correlation. We do. We need, we need the correlation. <sighs> do we, but why? I mean, you yes. can get correlation you, with Hardy. You literally, you literally do need it. We could take both of them, and then we, we take, yeah, we'll take both. Okay. I mean, it's right. touchdowns, if, man. It's, if it's you're ultimately room, this is a this is a week seventeen tournament. This is a week seventeen tournament. Okay. We need his touchdown partners. I, I don't hate the Kincaid Goddard pairing at tight end and being done. I think that's that's totally fine structurally. But are you guys saying a pick 99 we take him? Because I'm kind of out on like I think we're gonna have what's his ADP? Players. It's one seven, it's one seventeen. So we'll have a chance. No, we'll take him one. in the tenth. Yeah. I'm not taking him in the ninth. Yeah. Um, I mean, staying poor. Yeah, I'm a, I let's see what else is in the ninth. If there's anything I like in the ninth, I think we should do it. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like I mean, come on. We, Knox is gonna run. I mean, maybe he's not gonna run more routes, but in any given week, I don't think Knox versus Kincaid is like that crazy of a discrepancy that we should reach for for Kincaid when we still have the Knox and the Hardy. Well, outs. the other thing, so the, I wrote about tight ends in this offseason, and uh, it was kind of shocking, like how many of their touchdowns come on play action, and that's why the run blocking stuff matters. If he's getting yeah. blown up in run blocking, and they're doing play action stuff around the goal line then it's Knox who might be the guy who gets there on touchdowns. You know, the, the yeah. Knox might be the guy who scores that week 16 touchdown. And Josh, gets Josh Allen can also, I mean, Josh Allen can also throw 50 touchdowns. Like they can both score eight. That's, that's you know? true. That's like, that's like sure. very firmly in the sure. range. That's, Kyle Pitts, yeah. yeah. Kyle Pitts might come all the way around to us, which would be wild. I think would at that least would be, that, that would be, that would be, that would be a podium pick. That would be a podium yeah. pick. Cause also Just we be- can stop talking about Kincaid. Yeah, yeah, and we also have London, which I, I actually like them correlated at these prices. No, I actually hate uh, it. I actually there we go. I actually hate taking Pitts okay. and London together so, on the same team. Um, oh god, Rashad fucking White. Rashad White, um, I think, is a good pick here. I would be Connor over White, but I'll I'll be happy. I, I would take I would take Brian Robinson because he's on the zero RB list, but I, structurally running I'll, back, we do need one. 
I think White over Robinson. Okay. I'll, I'll... You haven't been you haven't been Sean Tucker pilled. I, I mean, I, I think Sean want... Tucker could, you know, but like I take and I've taken him some in the last round, but like they've really given no indication that White's at risk of losing the job to Tucker. I just I think only, like, I only first... take guys on the zero running back list to be honest. Everyone hates everyone hates James Conner, and I kind of get it, but but White versus Connor is at least like I think there's outs to the Cardinals having good quarterback play at the end of the year if Kyler comes back. I know I know there's a lot of conversations around that. There's some some uncertainty, but like the Cardinals starting running back at the end of the year, I think is going to be way more valuable than you know Rashad White. He's going to be you know healthy scratch on game days for Sean Tucker and Keyshawn Vaughn. So um, I think <laughs> I think Connor could be more valuable there. It's possible for sure, but I just think you know. 12 picks past ADP or whatever, and you're getting a starting running back who catches passes and is entering yeah, the second yeah. year. Like no, that's, it's a, it, that's kind yeah. of a no-brainer. You know? That's Levitan, totally fair. That is open. Levitan yeah. just tweeted that the Falcons beat writers, Josh Kendall, said that he thinks Pitts is going to be fourth on the Falcons in targets. So I think we should go Bateman or, or <laughs> yeah. Burks here. Um, uh, Burks, Burks is better for uh, setting up a secondary stack if we care about that. But it's like the same bet. I I don't I kind of randomize these. Do we have let's any do other? I, I do a lot of Bateman, but we don't have any like reason to be on Bateman here. That's fair. Yeah, we're strong at wide receiver. Burks is back practicing. Um, yeah, I think you, that that's like a true toss up on that one. I think those are those are the two best picks in that range by far. It's crazy the drop up the wide receiver after those two go. You go from Bateman and Burks, which I feel so good about, to like. Dobbs, right. Odell, Boyd, Juju, like we're, we're lucky to get one of those guys uh, coming around. Um, okay, so through nine rounds, pretty balanced build. We yeah, got, we're, sta- we're, we're drafting a good team here. This is a very, very good team. This, this gives us flexibility to do a lot of different things. You know, this is a team that could be a seven wide receiver team. This is still a team that could be, you know, a five running back team or like a six or seven, even if we really wait on it. Um, it's a lot of flexibility here. So this will be interesting. Um, I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get Kyle Pitts, heebie-jeebies, just, just so bad. The, the beat writers, the beat, who, who would even be third in the pecking order? If it's not, if it's not, so London and Bijan, sure, whatever. But who yeah. would, who could possibly get more targets on that roster? And Kyle Pitts. What what could that beat writer mean? He thinks Mac Hollins is going to get more than Kyle Pitts. So wait, did he say the beat writer said he could be third in targets? This is the this is the full blurb from yeah. Josh Kendall, who is the Atlanta Falcons beat writer. Where should I draft Kyle Pitts in fantasy? Not high unless you like to live dangerously. For starters, Pitts is coming off an injury. Head coach Arthur Smith said last year that Pitts was a better overall player than he was as a rookie. What Smith means is that Pitts could be used in more places that didn't necessarily lead to targets. That's good for the Falcons, bad for fantasy. I don't see Pitts being any higher than fourth on this team in targets. Plus, he still must prove he's healthy after last season's surgery. I guess guess the third is Patterson. So the third, you know what? Actually, Kyle Pitts can still pay off with 80 targets if he scores, but, but that it's like, now I'm coping. I'm coping now. That, that I, I can't, that is such a pessimistic from the beat reporter saying fourth. And cause okay. That means yeah. Bijan. He does. Bichon he has a, to mean Patterson. Yeah. But even just saying third would it be bad. Is that like Bijan? 
being a lock to out target pits would be really bad because how many targets is Bijan going to have? Not like we're hoping what a hundred plus targets for pits. Like I don't think Bijan's getting to a hundred targets. So man, that's that's it's a not wild what you want to hear. It's but a I, wild report. That these is the, are, that is that almost is all these beats are terrible at projection stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't really sure. put too much weight in that. I put more weight honestly in the preseason usage, the the injury concerns. That's why I'm hesitant on pits this year. I don't put a ton of weight in that, but. This is, this is what is true. Week one, lock in that Mac Collins is going to have a higher route rate than Kyle Pitts. And I think he oh, will for the yeah, whole year. Yeah, of course. He's lock a in, lock it in. Yeah, that's so and that's the thing, right? Like, Mac Collins never gets drafted in these. There's going to be a lot of weeks this year where Mac Collins out-targets Kyle Pitts. It's, it's, I'm I not guess, saying yeah, anything probably, that's... but he doesn't have tight end eligibility. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, like... Well, this was we are now we are now making the Ertz Gerald argument for Kyle Pitts, which oh, fuck, fuck. <laughs> can I get a do over, underdog? Can you just refund? <laughs> can I can I refund my one fifty and actually just do this over again? Can I just start over with three days left to go? All right, put him in the queue. Put whatever whatever the opposite of roll the clip is. Get ready, get ready to do the opposite of rolling the clip. Yeah. I- What's the opposite of run to the podium? Yeah, uh, slink away. We're, we're slinking yeah. away after making this selection. All right, consider Al Lazard here. Week week fifteen, he's playing against the the Eagles. I think. Um, what do you guys think here? Putting dude, dude puts Lazard and Odell Beckham in the queue. I mean, this find like someone. A, you're like a little kid. You gotta go like over to like the the relative that you don't really know, and you just got your mom's like pulling you over. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so this i mean the, the only thing i consider here is the warren pick is pretty nice no. just take him dude just just God. do it put me through this and then we're gonna take we're gonna take a chain with the next pick and then our team is is so fun we got our we got our second running back 30 spots after rashad white i am like crane i went back and watched some of chain in college just because i like watched a lot of texas a&m but the way they used him is so goddamn encouraging. Like a lot of running backs his size in college, it's all like they yeah. post these crazy they post these crazy video game numbers, but you go back and watch and it was all no one's near them. They get the ball in acres of space. A linebacker doesn't even have a chance to see them. A chain of Texas A&M is just like, okay, we're playing against Alabama. Uh just run right between the tackles. Just like we're we, we like just get after it, you know. Like it's it was just like you are a real running back. He handled so like we um the season I always remember is the Philip Lindsay one where where that's kind of how like Blair Andrews got turned on him a small running back but really high dominator rating. Ninety three percent of the running back touches for an SEC team in twenty twenty two. I mean that is if that I, I I tweeted this today. If he was two hundred and six pounds, I think he would be going in the sixth round of drafts. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I really do. I think you're right. Yeah, so let's talk through these running backs. I would probably have them ranked in this order. We do not need week one per points. If we if yeah. we 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 need we need or no, oh, I oh, think a chain a chain for me. You guys yeah. are both on a chain. Okay, yeah. I'd be Bigsby here, but that that seems reasonable. Let me can, can we just um, I just we need to before we move on. Sam put Elijah Mitchell in the queue on a Christian McCaffrey team. It's I it's actually fine. I actually think I actually think that's completely fine. This is worse than the Lazard, but you guys are not. <laughs> We're handcucking 
in the eleventh round. No, no. The, I, I, the data, I was just the, I was mindlessly going through running backs I liked. I wasn't okay. I wasn't thinking the, about the the best ball data, the best ball data on the handcucking, the data that we do have is all it is overwhelmingly good for advance rate. Handcucking is is probably good, but I don't know this about is, this cannot McCaffrey. Be good. It, the 103 to take a guy in the 11th, there's no way that that can be good. For I him. actually, if hear me out, I actually think it's maybe optimal for McCaffrey specifically because if this if this stuff is true about them, like there was that report last week about them resting him or giving him more time off than they did the year before, and Jordan Mason and TDP have been super, you know, they just like incredibly average um, in this preseason. I I actually think you might get games where you're one, the 49ers run so much, you might be getting points from both of them. And then, I mean, there are going to be games where they're up 20 points or whatever. The Rams games. I mean, you think, you think Elijah Mitchell might get 18 carries in the second half against the Rams. It, it, sure. I, it I makes, mean, that stuff can happen, but you're paying so much for McCaffrey. Like you're kind of already losing. So I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it over a chain or Bigsby. But Jamal Williams versus Elijah Mitchell on, on in this spot, I mean, you could talk me into it. If he fell like a full round past ADP, I, I would definitely consider it. I think that the thing that's also interesting, Pat, is our specific build. If we went like, you know, bimodal running back or whatever we're calling it, I would not want Mitchell as just like our fourth running back on a McCaffrey team. But this is a McCaffrey team where we're going to have, what, five, maybe six running backs. I think at that point, you can talk me into it more where – um, Mitchell can contribute as just like an RB two in some weeks where White and A chain bust. Like, yeah, I, I think it has to be after ADP for sure. Um, but I, I'm not super ideological about the handcuffing. I'll do it. I think also I'm not, the, the, I'm not that ideological about it either. I just like I take two Eagles running backs a fair amount. Like I'll yeah. take I was, I'll take Swift and Penny. Swift, I'll take the two Swift expensive and Penny. Ones. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take and I take I take Gainwell with both of them. I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll take any combination of two Eagles running backs. I'll take Herbert and Roshan together. Uh, I'll take A-Chain and Mostert. Like, I don't – I'm not all that ideological about – It's just it's just a rebuke of the – it's just a rebuke of the price of the of – It's the, 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 the combined price. Yes, yes. So, We've made a massive bet on Christian McCaffrey on this team. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we're all against them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree. Um, the one thing I would say, and this is very like 2020 fantasy before we even knew anything though, is it's like, let me tell you a story. Christian McCaffrey misses week 15. You have <laughs> yeah, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell yeah. scores 27 <clears throat> fantasy yeah. points. You're the only one with McCaffrey in the semifinal. Then you're the only one with McCaffrey in the final that, that, I mean, and that is very like three years ago. We know yeah. better than that now, but still. Yeah. yeah. I think there's some like you having players that are like very inversely correlated to each other on a weekly basis is kind of interesting at the running back position, right? Cause like you want that effect where like if one of your guys busts, the other guy is going to be awesome. Like that's kind of an interesting thing. But, anyways, Al- Algier here, I think is yeah. interesting. Al- Algier, Algier, I actually think correlates really well with Pitts in London because it means like the, the a lot of the scenarios where Algier's crushing means that Bijan is injured probably yeah. either or, injured or, or doesn't is, have the role. Yeah. yeah. The offense is good. Like we just want the Atlanta offense to be good, right? Like for Algier to pay off, you need, you probably need a Bijan injury, but you just want Atlanta to be firing in all cylinders. So, so I think that's like that. I, I really do like that running back wide receiver correlation there. Um, yeah. I mean, if they're scoring points, both guys are paying off. Yeah. Yeah. 
So our next pick, we do have a chance at the picket stack. If we want to be done at quarterback, we have plenty of outs though with with Burks and we, we're Atlanta taking later. we're taking Ritter now. We're taking Ritter. Yeah, so we could. I, I like the Mingo pick um, Ooh, at this yeah, price. Like um, let's see what else. If you want to scroll oh, farther, these are probably fierce. the other wide receivers. This is this is right about the range I like where I just too. start. This is about the range where I just start scrolling to guys I like. Yeah. I mean, I, like I when actually the, when the top of the queue is Higby, Thielen, Pickett, Zeke. I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. I can just take yeah. whoever I want. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the mini Carolina Jacksonville thing with Mingo. He is the. I think I would say, the, the I would say yeah. Spears or Mingo. I don't care which one. Let's do Mingo. I think we can wait. We can push the RB five, right? Yeah, I think we can push the yeah. RB five. Mingo, so Mingo is one of the, the losers I took in the ADP value game. I you want that right, on record. Though. That yeah, I think that the feels market, that feels unfair. You should have gotten paid off on that. The market, like, what do we like? Chark is injured already, um, and then Bryce Young looked pretty good in the preseason. It was unfortunately Adam Thielen targets, not Mingo targets. But I think Bryce Young's gonna be able to play a little bit. I think Mingo's like pretty clearly the the favorite to be the leader in targets by the end of the season. Um, so yeah, he's a guy. I get that his prospect profile is not perfect. He was injured. There's some weird stuff going on. He's a freak athlete. Theoretically, a really good yak guy. His you know target competition is absolute dust. I don't get why he's hovered at this like 150 range all offseason. I I think he's my highest exposure wide receiver. Actually, I've been I've been hammering him. Mingo I is think, yeah. He's a smash. He's he's an absolute smash. I don't understand why there was never any hype for him because he's uh, a shitty prospect. You know, he was not a great prospect. That's you know, true. you know what's funny is my highest exposure wide receiver is also a shitty prospect who is just going to get playing time on a shitty team. Michael Wilson is my highest drafted wide receiver. <laughs> what a fucking heel turn for me on Michael Wilson to go from Greg Dorch, short King summer to my most drafted wide receiver. But my, one of my <laughs> other most drafted wide receivers, one of my other most drafted wide receivers is another bad, bad prospect, but on a good team, Rashi Rice. So I, I get it. I, I would be I yeah. would be speaking out of both sides of my mouth if I was like, oh, you gotta scoop up Rashi Rice and and um and Michael Wilson, but you can't. And look, Mingo. I th- I think Mingo Mingo was a better prospect than both of those guys. You know, he's when you look for I think when you look at these wide receiver mm. prospects, like there are ways I think he was too, yeah. There's it's like how can this guy kind of overcome the red flags? And Mingo has size and elite athleticism. Yeah, like but he's so kind of Wilson. the better version. Wilson of has both of those. Eh, yeah, but he's not elite. but but he's he went a to good a, he athlete. Went to he's an, not elite. He went to an SEC school. Like it, it, it right. is different. It is different. Yeah, yeah, big time program. Um, he flashed a little bit. He's got this yards after catch skill set that the team's really excited about. They're playing him. Mingo. It sounds like at the Z which is going to be, you know, giving him routes that are going to be conducive to yards after catch, not making him like the big bodied X deep threat guy. They're going to, they're going to be getting him on stuff. That's a little bit more interesting where he can utilize that athleticism post catch. Mingo uh, and, and Rice are just so goddamn lucky that they declared the year they declared when every other wide receiver was short. They, they like, these are, we're, we're talking about the most round six wide receiver prospect profiles of all time, but they both got, huge draft capital just because their bodies were larger than the other yeah. wide receivers in their class. Yeah. I mean, Mingo had an unreal athletic profile. I think he was like a yeah. 9.9 on the RAS score. Like, yeah. He, he's, I mean, he, he's a big dude and he ran a four, 
for. He's definitely a boom. He definitely fills into the boom bust profile of wide receivers for sure. But like, I just think the situation, like how is he not going to get routes on this team? That's where I'm like, the floor seems pretty safe. Like he's not going to not be playing unless he's injured. I've never seen this before, but Jonathan Mingo's wrote of his box score scout. I've never heard of a single one of the other guys who are in his. Sims. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never heard of Jamal Custis or Dontavia Bogan or Terrence Tolliver. I, I do not know who these guys. Honest are. to God, this is where I take Hubbard. I just take Hubbard here. So I, yeah. Uh, this is where I start looking at, at Clyde. Dude, but we actually G- don't need. We don't need Clyde. I would take Alec Pierce over over these other receivers. You don't think DPJ is just a two wide receiver set starter in Cleveland? Uh, yeah, okay. I, I'd be okay with him. Are you okay but with that, I would that, probably just take Hubbard, to be honest. These, these are not a single one of these guys I have ever taken. Pierce, I guess, with Richardson. Uh, these so, are yeah, these are yeah. these guys just don't even show up preloaded in my, in my uh, <laughs> yeah. My, they're not my in my app. Yeah. Um, I'm trying Isaiah to Isaiah Hodgins, dude, put a fucking star on it. I would I would take Wandale straight up over Isaiah Hodgins. Oh We're not like, taking. I let you guys get Rashad White. We're not taking Wandale on this team. I'll let you take anyone else besides. I that. didn't want Rashad White. I don't like Rashad White. I'm a, I've been Tucker pilled. Um, we should probably get a running back on the. Here. Sorry, go ahead, Pat. Okay, good. The there Suan pushed back on the idea that Rice was a worse prospect than Mingo. Um, with Rice's prospect profile doesn't include that he was on the Chiefs. That's that's not part of his prospect. <laughs> <laughs> See, this guy saw me put Parker in the queue, and he said, "I got to scoop him up at one sixty-eight. He he knew I was gonna try to let's sneak take him in there. let's take Ty Chandler here or Hubbard. We honestly probably should. Yeah, we probably should have taken. Taking Parker for the Bills correlation there actually probably would have been the play, as gross as it is. Um, oh, well. Um, yeah, Hubbard. If Hubbard goes, any of these other running – I think we can just scroll at running back here. I don't want to take Singletary. Um, I don't really want to take Jeff Wilson. All right, we don't even have to have that conversation. Let's lock in Hubbard. Oh, okay. Once I put in his draft slot, I get – Mahabin Massacoy, Chase Claypool, Cody Latimer, Brian Robisky, and Josh Huff. So we're back on track. I've heard of those guys at least. I remember Brian yeah. Robisky. I actually haven't fair. I actually have not looked at this for Michael Wilson. I wonder if I'll get ab- if anyone close comps to Michael Wilson. I'm trying to think who might pop up for Michael Wilson. I'll tell you. I'll tell you if any uh, when it when it populates, I'll give you a chance to guess. Um, Cody Latimer would have been a good guess for Michael Wilson. Yeah. Okay, Michael um, Wilson. What was his What was his draft slot? Um, draft slot ninety fourth overall. All right, it's populating. But without draft without draft slot, there was. None of there was none no of one. them. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, a good sign that a player was probably overdrafted if if the draft positioning is needed to generate any comps. Actually, okay, there are there are some good there are some good ones here for um, for Michael Wilson. Can I? There's, can I there's one. I'll I'll give you a hint. You'll get it immediately. Uh, this guy went to the same school as him, and they were both selected with the same pick in the NFL draft. They were both picked 94 overall. Out of Stanford? Stanford. Haven't been very – and it's not, it's not Arthega. It's not Arthega Whiteside. 
I thought he was USC. No, our second oh, white guy was was Stanford because oh. because he he scored fourteen percent of the teams or no fourteen percent of JJ Arcega Whiteside's final season targets were touchdowns <laughs> because he only got targeted like forty three times. Who came out of Stanford? Stanford it's 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 shocking because we don't remember him this way, but it's Ty Montgomery. We don't remember Ty oh. Montgomery being. Oh. We don't remember Ty Montgomery being big because Ty Montgomery is small for a running back, but he's huge for a wide receiver. That's interesting. I was going to get – my guess was going to be Dante Pettis. Austin Pettis. Small? Austin oh, Pettis. Austin Pettis. Okay, Pettis. Partial credit. Uh, Josh Palmer and uh, actually – Oh, uh, yeah, that's I, a good one. Riley Riley Cooper and Deshaun Hamilton are two that totally make sense to me. Now, Cooper ended up out of the NFL because he's a bad person. But Deshaun Hamilton I actually kind of liked back in the day. Uh, he just he couldn't stay healthy, but he earned a bunch of targets as a rookie when he got starting time. Josh Palmer feels very kind of accurate. Like that is that is like that would be for for for. my my, the size of my Michael Wilson bags. Josh Palmer would be a win at this point. I think it'd be a win. Yeah, because it's that's all Palmer was. He gets Palmer was a shitty prospect. Actually, Palmer was not a good prospect, but But he was a third round pick. the, it was kind of similar because the film. I remember the film guys like Palmer. The too. film guys liked him, but they but and the analytics guys didn't like him, and everyone blamed it on the school. Yeah. Yep. All right. So at our next pick, we can lock up one of our quarterback stacks. Um, we're gonna have either Tannehill, Bryce Young, or um, Desmond Ritter. I think will be the three options there. Any thoughts on that debate in a Josh Allen team? Um, Why do so, we need to, to do it this round? Why don't we? Why don't we well, it? because they, they they the quarterbacks go. The quarterback I I have noticed this the last couple of days. Like if Stafford goes, that's your that's your canary in the coal mine because there's mm-hmm. no reason to take Stafford right now. That you you and there. I mean, yeah, that, that's the want, thing is like I just don't want to risk. Like this guy only has one quarterback. I just think it's kind of playing it cute to risk. Yeah, don't do you want to do you want to debase yourself by taking? Do we want to have to take like Stroud? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyler on sacks. I think we should. I I mean, we're also going to be taking Deontay Hardy in this team. No one's going to take that guy either. So Ritter, what do you think, Ritter? I like Ritter here. Okay, yeah, let's take Ritter. Loves Siegel loves Ritter. Yeah, I feel like they both. I was trying to think through like we kind of just want a guy who's going to be starting and not getting benched, but you can make arguments for both getting benched. Well, um, if Ritter if Ritter gets benched, I um I forget who made this point. I think it was Peter, but that if Ritter gets benched, he's not going to get benched quickly. It's going to be a lot of bad games and a, like you know six really bad games, five really bad games, four really bad games that your fourth round Drake London team is having fun staying poor if Ritter gets benched. Yeah. So how I played here structurally, guys, is one more wide receiver and one more running back, I think, given we waited so long to take our RB2. Um, I, I, I don't think this team needs nine wide receivers since we got you know, trail on Burks as our wide receiver five here. Um, so I, I'd take Hardy here because I just don't want to get sniped on that correlation piece, and then we'll just see what gross running back falls to us. I, I kind of wanted to take Hardy here. over Ritter, to be completely honest, just because okay. we had the Tannehill backstop. Um, yeah. So I definitely would like to take Hardy here. Yeah. I think maybe a third tight end is also in play. 
Yeah, it's in play. I, I was I was thinking Knox would have been interesting too. We maybe should have considered that. I more. I take I take those guys together. Yeah, I, I take I take Knox and I take Knox and Kincaid together, which is like the ultimate handcuck. I think though structurally, like we spent two pretty high capital <laughs> tight end picks. Like, That's the one thing I cannot have work. I, if Knox and, and Kincaid is what you need, I legit might like close down legendary upside and like move to Thailand. Pat, Pat's going like to become a, an insurance salesman if Knox yeah, and, no. and Kincaid are on the winning team. I was just like, you're going to have to like, you're going to have to find me. Like 20 years from now, I'm going to have a beard and someone's be like, Pat? <laughs> like, find me on vacation on some random island. Can you can you pull up one of these comments from the chat? Can you pull up the Kyron is your upside late running back play? Fundamental misunderstanding of what Kyron Williams is. Kyron Williams is not an upside play in any way. He is an unathletic. You're, you're the most he is Miles Gaskin. He is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He is what Kyron Williams is is if you, on a Brees team, on a Javante team, yeah. on a Jonathan Taylor team. You just need a guy who is going to be active and playing in games for the first month, uh, the first month of the season, and can maybe get, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 points. Kyron is is not. Sean Tucker is an upside running back play. Keontae yes. Ingram, I think you could he's argue, is is an yes, yeah. He's a we can't we can't adjust these rosters. Ever all the points need to be drafted. Zamir White, much better upside play. Yeah, 100%. Zamir White, a better upside Which, play. on this build, I think you can kind of argue. What we need, honestly, like we're kind of a little bit thin for RB2 points, um, but I, I would be leaning on the upside over the Chiron type on this build because we have, we got to assume yeah, Rashad yeah. White is going to be. Oh, playing. I meant to, I meant to read these Deontay Hardy stats off earlier because I, I haven't really done any research in them despite completely packing my bags. He's basically one of these guys who, because he didn't, he was not like um, a super elite. He didn't go to like a big high school and he wasn't like a, a five-star prospect or whatever. He scored 17 return touchdowns in D2. He set the D2 records for all time scrimmage yards. He had over, he had over 6,000 all purpose yards. He like, he was like, you know, the, the comp for him would be like a miles Austin type guy, like a guy who just went to one of these small schools and just was like un real i i feel so good mm. about the deontay hardy bet like he he just he just like does it all the thing about hardy like hardy is it's 2025 and over over the you know 2023 and 2024 there was no production but then rashid shaheed ends up on the bills that's the bet it's like yeah super easy literally just rashid shaheed didn't do much for two years and then Finds his way as a starter on the Bills, but, but he was so Hardy. Bet. Hardy's had some injuries as a member of the Saints, but he, um, yeah. like when he was available, I mean, he was good last year. Like he was a right. he was a productive player for them last year, and he's like a, a stud returner. Which uh, I'm, the stud returning doesn't matter so much for fantasy, but it's uh, it was one of actually one of the first really useful Rotoviz tools where it was like these guys who are really good returners that correlates well yeah, John with future fantasy production. Because I, I guess just because it 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 is a number, uh, it shows vision and like a, a, and agility, probably football athleticism. Yes, yeah. So let's let's talk through our decision here. These are sort of the running backs that that I'm interested in that are still available. Um, the Tucker what are thing your thoughts is on Tucker with White. Yeah, th- 
I think it's an interesting yeah. one because we we got white at a pretty big it's, value. It's, it's it's a good. I I mean I would probably take Dowdle, but uh, Tucker seems fine too. Yeah, I'm actually okay. So we have Christian McCaffrey who's going to smash, and he's not only is he going to smash, he's going to smash in week 17. So we were looking yeah. for like one other running back score. I actually kind of don't mind. Tucker got taken. Sean Tucker. Oh, okay. Well, there you so, go. I don't know if these guys are watching, but they're just demolishing my queue right now. But um, I would probably go Dowdle or Ingram here. I'm Ingram. Ingram. Yeah, it's fine. You, with me. you guys want Ingram? Ingram okay. is yeah. just more there. There is literally zero question that he's the second running back there. Whereas with Dowdle, you could be like, well, Ronald Jones is suspended. Juice Vaughn's going to get the package stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. My zero only thing is like, for them to play James Conner at the end of the year. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I think they're both they're both fine picks. Um, I'm happy to get it outvoted. I would have been daddled there just because we're talking about Dallas Cowboys versus Arizona Cardinals, but I don't think Ingram's a terrible pick by any means. I get the certainty there for sure. Um, we did take some Philadelphia players, so a uh, little mini correlation. With Imagine Keon- uh, Ke- uh, Goddard, Goddard, Keontae Ingram is this year's Ertz Algier. <laughs> Dude, All right, I. Look- the Ertz Algier thing, you were right. It was just, I was right. It was just McBride Algier. It was just yeah. the, isn't the that, young isn't tight that, end. Isn't that so? Isn't that so funny though? That like the meme of last best ball summer like actually came through. It came through in a huge way. Like Algier was a smash, and the the correlated tight end was a smash. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Right. If, uh, have you guys have you guys had this that uh, I, I've been doing less week 17 correlation just because there are so many guys I want to be drafting. Like there are like so many guys I'm just trying to get my exposures on that I'm doing like less week 17. Like as my player takes have solidified. I'm just like obviously still doing the team stacks, but like less bring back type stuff. Yeah, I've had some trouble with the bring backs. Um, I, I know what you mean. I'm just like, I'm taking this guy. I'm taking this guy. I'm taking this guy. Also, yep. things are getting a little looser in the rooms and people oh, are going a little more so crazy. Yeah. You know, they're taking the quarterback, like they're blowing up your stacks. And so I've been having to pivot. So I have more kind of like unstacked game stacks. And also I've just been timing out and taking unstacked quarterbacks occasionally because <laughs> of these, because of the internet out here. So yeah, that has happened. <laughs> yeah. I've always like, I definitely prioritize week 17 but i always kind of think of it as um a tiebreaker as i learned in best ball brunch uh week 17 is just a tiebreaker uh, if you guys watch that uh, video they were pretty clear about that in the intro so. still haven't still haven't <laughs> seen still haven't watched it but uh levitan levitan was tweeting that he had to watch it he had to watch it to do I mean, his solo pod because every question he got was about it did he watch the whole thing i don't he hasn't i don't think he i, he, I feel like that's back yet that's like Levitan couldn't have concocted a better solo pod like topic in a it's lab. really like, good that's, for his it's brand. It's really yeah. perfect for his brand, the, the best ball brunch solo pod. I can't believe he hasn't done like a watch along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. There I mean I there's some kind of structural issues I had with, with their draft. Um they reached on Adam Thielen, but besides that it was, you know, a pretty pretty solid team overall we can we can maybe review it next year on adp chasing could be the, the first episode in february um, okay <laughs> um anyways let's let's do a quick recap of this team uh and then get out of here so um we went with a two six eight two build got the bills and atlanta stacked up here kick it to you first 
Davis, what are your what are your thoughts on this team? Uh, I think this is a good team. It's you know, I mean, we we're we're betting on Kincaid. Uh, what does Donovan Peoples Jones do for this team? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad pick. Bad um, pick. Should have taken yes, Wandale there. Haters. Wandale. I mean, Wandale is gonna Wandale is gonna lead the NFC in targets per route run, and the haters are just gonna be uh crying and 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 rent rending their garments on the streets yeah. it's going to be it's going to be a tough scene yeah and the targets per outrun leagues that's going to be really nice on his like 11 routes per game that's going to be really smart. no you can't you don't you don't keep you don't keep guys that good off the field he is going to dust off hodgins and slayton and all these losers so oh fast God. wendell robinson do, per pound per pound more dog than dk metcalf that's just a fact whoa so much more dog than dk metcalf uh the thing about the running back room i do really like doing this on mccaffrey teams where you get one dust ball our dust ball is rashad white and then you just take nothing but guys who have i guess hubbard maybe is kind of a dust ball in the sense that i don't think he's that good but can get carries but a chain algier and ingram are like exactly the types of bets you want to layer in there and also the two philly guys with Josh Allen, it is just a fun. What if it's what fun. if Jalen Hurts misses a playoff game again? But but Gardner or who's their back? Mariota. Never mind. I'm taking this or back. If, Mariota's Mar- no, Mariota's he's not their not- backup. It's a Heineke. No, no. Oh, Eagles oh, backup. oh. Like like oh, what happened oh, oh. in the playoffs last year where Hurts missed a game, but all the Eagles skill position players did fine because Minshew scored 30 points against the Cowboys. The other thing is that like this. It can be optimal to have Hertz, Goddard, and Smith, and we could still win because we have Josh Allen. So he can he can score like three points less than Hertz. And like this, there's going to be enough differentiation between the rest of the lineup and those lineups that have like how many Hertz, Goddard, Smith teams are in the final? Like yeah. four. Yeah. So that's the thing. I yeah, people overthink that of like you need this perfect team to win. Pat. Pat's team last year did not have Mike. Like, if you show me the week 17 box scores in advance, I would say you need Mike Evans. You need the Brady Evans sack. You did not have Evans. You didn't even need Brady in your lineup, and you still won. So, you people overthink 400 person tournament where the ownership and rostership is going to be all scrambled up because of what happens in the regular season, week 15, week 16. Like, Josh Allen can actually be outscored by Hurts by five points, and this team can still. Win, they can still right? win yeah 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 it's it's not um that cr- obviously if he gets outscored by 10 15 20 that's where it's like okay this team's dead, dead but yeah we just need him to like stay close with hertz uh, which is totally viable and it's um, also possible that like it's smith that you need hertz has a great game but allen and kincaid go off and i get to take a victory lap on dalton kincaid which is just i mean now that's the only thing i want yeah that would be a funny reverse victory lap. What, what I also like about this team is I think it's actually, a, if you take a tight end in the Kittle, Goddard, hits like elite but not quite elite tier, I think it's actually a little bit thin if you just pair that guy with like your super late Tyler Conklin or Kate Otten or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think like these types of guys, Goddard, Kittle, can actually be like pretty low advance rate if they just have sort of disappointing regular seasons and it's going to be t- hard to sneak them through. I think by pairing I do, him with like I another, I hate taking Goddard most of the time. Honestly, I love I love Goddard this year, but um, I like Goddard too. I, I don't think I have a ton of them, but it's only because I still was taking Pitts, um, which yeah, you know, that, that's, anytime that's you can why. take the 
the fourth target guy. Anytime, the anytime you could take Mac Hol- Mac Collins as direct backup, you just you got to do it. it. You gotta do it. Any, anytime you take guys gonna run less routes than Johnny Smith and Parker Hesse. Oh my god. It. The Johnny Smith bit like coming back alive, like them trading the seventh round pick for Johnny Smith and him like unironically running routes is just gonna be awful. Yeah. But eleven percent got him for me. I was I was in. Yeah, I I was around that for Goddard. Um Yeah, I think it's a good team. Um I think, you know, if I'm going to mix in some Rashad White shares, this is the way to do it. Um, Past ADP and literally forced to do so. My hands are tied behind my back, I'm blindfolded. That's usually my preferred <laughs> way to take Rashad Past White. Past ADP and kidnapped. That's how it's going to Yeah. Um, I guess I disagree with, like, DPJ – I think you guys are wrong about DPJ. I think he's a smash at 171. You're just getting the Browns starting wide receiver for free. Like he just doesn't lot. he just doesn't really that good. I don't He, he had 800 yards. He had 800 yards last year. I mean, I Cedric Tillman's coming for that for that deep no. deep threat role, isn't he? Marquis Goodwin they talked up a ton as a deep threat and uh he's back. He's back with the team. He had blood clot issues and now he's back. So, I don't know. I think DPJ could end up as a rotational guy to end the year. He's not that yeah, good. I, I guess so. What do you win when you win? What do you win when you're right that Donovan Peoples-Jones is the is the Zay Jones of the Browns offense? I do have 7% DPJ, so maybe I should be on Sam's side here. I wonder if I've taken him once. He's yeah. good. Like he, he had 800 yards on the Jacoby Brissett, like very low pass volume. Then the Deshaun Watson absolute shit show offense i get elijah moore wasn't there but i don't think that changes what dbj is doing on this team. well it's it's two guys right it's tillman it's tillman and moore who can put pressure on his targets yeah but i mean tillman's just kind of in the anthony schwartz state and i i guess for me the larger the larger thing for me is that i think that week 17 game is like maybe the least attractive week 17 game like two run heavy teams in bad weather like it just it's so it's people people are are they're laughing about it now they are not going to be laughing when the total for that game is 33 and a half like they are not going to think it's funny davis if you have if you have zero teams in the finals across all your teams but there's a bad weather game are you gonna victory lap that uh for Cleveland spike Jets? the football <laughs> yeah. spike the, just just be like oh yeah you guys drafted all these jets players congrats davis, why you have to today you have to tweet out the Jets total, the Jets Browns total being 33. Because if it actually is 33, that's going to be an all time victory lap. And if it's like a high total, you'll just delete the tweet. So it's a win win. I got to see. I they, There's got to be a place that has week 17 lines up. Oh, it's a Thursday night game, too. Oh, my oh, God. People, oh, <laughs> the people, oh, the people no. have been hoodwinked, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> not, not the Thursday, December 28th outdoor game. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, so you're saying no. the Garrett Wilson, uh, Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers stacks not not looking so good anymore. That's I I don't even take Garrett Wilson. I mean, I I would only say that at the end of a two hour podcast where where no one could hold me accountable for it. But I don't even really take Garrett Wilson. Oh, Davis, I'm with you on that. I was forced. Adams was gone. Um, all those guys are gone. That's the only reason I take him. Should we review that that team or or what were you gonna say, Pat? Well, no, I think I think this is kind of a fun thing of like who and i don't know i need to think of who this actually is but who's like the the cool like sexy player that like you never really take 
Like Ooh. Garrett it's, Wilson. It's, it's Garrett Wilson for me. Yeah. It's not even that I, I think Garrett Wilson is awesome. I think he's great. It's just that he goes ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown sometimes, and I always take St. Brown. And if St. Brown's gone, I, I almost always take Adams. Because Adams has Adams has like all the outs, right? He's got he's got Jimmy Garoppolo plays to Derek Carr's level. He's got he plays the week 17 game in the dome. Like he just like he's it's all set up for Adams, other than that he's 30. I think mine might be like the one I don't want to like talk about. At least one of them would be Christian Watson. I don't. Oh I just, yeah. I got a little nervous and I, I never really took someone. Him I, someone said wow. he's, he's green Bay Packers chase Claypool and I can't unsee it. Yeah. Might I ended up with six I, I might've been the person that said it, but I I've been hearing that a lot. <laughs> it's, it's even eerie down to the fact that, that Watson scored nine, receiving touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns the same way Claypool had nine receiving touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's I'm, not, weird. I'm not proud of it, but I, but I have a Christian Watson semi fade. Soft fade. So Soft that, that, that Claypool take Davis, I, um, I can't cite the numbers, but I think JJ Zacharyson actually did like a breakdown of that on his pod. And his conclusion was like, their rookie years are not that similar. Like Watson's was in a completely different tier from Claypool's. I do the stylistic comp though. I totally get like they scored rushing touchdowns. They're these kind of freak athletes that were sort of raw from a hands route running perspective. But I'm I'm still very bullish on Watson. I do I do see like Pat you being at six percent on him. Like I think that's reasonable. Like given his price, I don't think that's a crazy take. But I, I'm pretty in on Watson this year. Um, the one for me, the the sexy player that I'm not in on and don't really like to talk about Sam just unfolds a huge scroll (laughs) (laughs) in fact I I just want I want to make one more point on Browns Jets before you do this nowhere will even post a total for it no one will even post a look ahead total for it because they're they don't want to get hit with the bad weather they don't want to get hit with an unpredictable bad weather and have Mm. a bunch of people who have tickets of under 39 and a half and they have to move the line to 32 the week of. Hey, listen, as long as there's enough, enough win for just a million short check downs to a fully healthy Brees Hall, I think I'll, I'll, I'll survive it. I'll it's, survive it's, it. it's, 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 you could, you could paint it as bullish for, for Brees, right? That, it's, that he, he just gets not. 22 carries. You prefer it to be high scoring, but it, yeah, it could be bullish. Sure. Yeah. So mine, right. um, my take, the sexy player that I don't JSN. take. No, no. I, I have like, okay, that. let's do my other one first. That's maybe a separate discussion. But <laughs> Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle is a player who I have 2% of. Um, so a couple things on Waddle. Wow. One, I think he was priced in a range a lot of the offseason where you had the choice of Tony Pollard. You had the choice of Nick Chubb very early on. Um, so I was not clicking him when that was there. Now I have been taking him a little bit more as those guys moved up. Number two, I think there's this like we did this last year with Waddle and Tyreek. It's like, ah, this is really like a 1A, 1B situation. Tyreek and Waddle. Waddle had like 60 more targets or sorry. Hill had like 60 more targets than Waddle last year. Waddle ran insanely hot on efficiency 
which is a good like we do want what, to see what that. if what if that's what, just who he is though i mean yeah, i'm no. with you i'm with you on the early fade but i don't see how you are not taking him now when yeah he's been such a smash in the how are you somewhere. how are you not taking him now when it's when are you just taking olave over him every time um no I, i'm taking so what i'm doing is i think i have like two percent waddle i do take devonta smith over him because i think devonta smith is actually the more well-rounded um better wide receiver and i think being attached to the Eagles offense is better than being attached to the Dolphins. So, so this, is the, so this players, is the second player player take. I, I don't have an opinion, but structurally, don't you find that hard because you are, you it's just harder to get a quarterback stack with your high capital guys. Whereas it's much easier when you take Waddle. So the thing is, I think maybe it's a little bit like I always tell myself, Oh, if I take Devonta here at 20, I have a chance at the hurt Devonta and stack. Then you never and get I, him. But I, I do have like a decent, bit of it actually but yeah I that gets you get it about 40 percent of the time you do get it some percentage of the time and i just think like man i think jalen hurts passing stats are gonna really spike this year i i think so the tua stuff this is the second part of it i'm just not a dolphins believer and this is more like you can say this is less you know analytical and more just like my own personal eye test and vibe the dolphins offense that was running through the nfl for the first half of the season last year I don't think is going to be replicated this year. Defense is adjusted to that. You could also blame it on like Tua's injuries, his concussions. I, I get that. But second half of the year, that Dolphins offense with Tua was really struggling once the defense is adjusted. And one of the big adjustments is they were playing Waddle with much more man press coverage instead of just letting him run free in zone. And Waddle, like you look at um, the reception perception stuff, Waddle's actually not like an elite man press coverage beater. He, he's a small wide receiver. So once teams made that adjustment, he actually struggled a little bit and the Dol- the Dolphins as a whole kind of tank. So I-, I just think Waddle, like he's an awesome player, but I think he's vastly overrated as a talent. Like give me Devonta Smith over him. Um, so that that's honestly where the fade comes down to is I, I just will not take him really over Devonta Smith. Um, and it sort of comes down to that. Um, like if he was priced like T, like I've mixed in T Higgins more as he's fallen to like 27, 28. Um, I think that's the fair price from Waddle. And I just, I just want that Devonta Smith stack instead of the Tua, the Tua. One, I don't, so. I don't agree with this particular take, but it is going to be funny. Like how many takes like this are going to be completely right. Like that yeah, we're like totally. so set in stuff. Like you cannot take Waddle over Devonta Smith. And it's going to be like Devonta Smith could like crush Waddle. You know, like there's like T Higgins could crush Garrett Wilson. You know what I mean? These like, there's these, a bunch like of... these like micro ADP yeah. differences where you're like, I can't believe that, and then it just ends up being like, like so right. Not yeah. even no, close. it is. I there's I was so thinking, many of those. I'm gonna do a thread probably later today, maybe tomorrow, about just like stuff from week one last year that just proved to be like hilariously uh, like non-signal, like Devonta mm. Smith going. Zero 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 against the Commanders in Week One last year, like so, like so funny oh. in retrospect. You know, there were ten team leagues last year where Devonta Smith got dropped in Week One, where they were like, "No, oh I'm God. not doing this. I'm not doing this with this guy." Like so funny. I mean, if you wanted to do numbers, you got to tweet it out Monday. Okay, I guess we're doing it. Yeah, that that would have been a fun. We should have done like a, a take purge or something. One of those episodes where we just fire off all of our like hot because the, the Waddle thing. Honestly, the, this is a take that's like I'm not advocating people fade Waddle because like I see 
how I yeah that's what that's why me. I wanted to bring it up because it's like there's guy another guy that for me I have four percent George Pickens and I don't oh god it. that I that I feel like that, that could be painful I feel like that I feel like that you could might, be painful. You might yeah that you that don't he, is, that's why you don't hear me talk about it well he's, <laughs> he, I guess the thing is is that's easy it's actually much easier to imagine based on where he's going now but I know you've been drafting since May so th- I, there's got to be a lot of teams where you passed on George Pickens at like pick 81 or whatever yeah I didn't I didn't hammer him in the seventh I didn't hammer him in the late sixth and then he got priced up and I was like I don't feel like chasing this and I just stayed behind um yeah. and it's like so I don't I'm not like proud of the way I played it and but I also am not a huge believer in the player like I think he could be good you know but I'm not I, I never got quite on board with all the steam um it was kind of like Ridley like where I was like okay you know what yeah. I think I'm in and then everyone's like great he's six picks more expensive than, than the price you thought <laughs> like fuck. I guess I need to come to terms with that now um and Ridley is another guy like that for me where I never really got on board um and i kind of i kind of wish i yeah i only have three percent ridley and i don't feel great damn you didn't see that training camp clip it just passed you you just saw it and it was like nothing to you i mean i that that one could definitely hurt but ridley because i didn't want to have a big fade on ridley but i thought he was a little priced up in the at the uh three four turn and then he went to the (laughs) to the late second and i never i never corrected yeah, I wish I was – I was, like, mixing Ridley in at that 3-4. I had a pretty similar experience to you, Pat, but I, I just, like, chase it up more. I'm just, like, I don't want to be out on Ridley. Ch- like, chasing taking- it up. Chasing chasing up. I, I A lot of research has found this. Gretch has done some stuff on this, but a lot of people have. Finding out that actually a lot of the time ADP risers don't rise far enough. That the market gets excited on them, but then at a certain point they just say, oh, whoa, 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 hold the brakes. Uh, maybe that's not the case with Ridley, but I could easily see us looking back and being like, wait, we were just taking DeAndre Hopkins over George Pickens all offseason for for what reason were we doing yeah, that? Yeah. You know? I could see that too. Yeah, that's another thing really with like see yeah. that. back to the Waddle thing, like Tua's clear number two wide receiver, in my opinion, and what happened last year compared to Tyreek goes ahead of Trevor Lawrence's number one wide receiver. That could look really crazy in retrospect. Like, I, yeah, obviously, yeah, I could fair. be wrong about that, but we could be like, so wait, we just like we we shot Ridley up the board, but we said this is where he stops. Like, we're still taking these number two wide receivers over him. That could look, uh, yeah, you know, it's a good point. You never know in retrospect, but um, anyways, uh, man, hell of a summer doing this show with you guys. Uh, Two hours in. That's. I'm gonna that's be usually... so fucking depressed if I end all of this and don't have a team in the any final. If I if I just spent if I just spent my whole summer like drafting until my eyes and fingers bleed. I got my screen time report yesterday from this last week of like really doing drafts. Eight hours and thirty six minutes of screen time the last week. I mean, what the fuck? God. So here's what you do, Davis. Well, th- this is a next summer tip. You turn your screen so that it never times out so that it stays on always right because that's that's an actually helpful feature for when you're trying to do work and draft you can put yeah. the the phone right there and and you can just like use the phone and then work on your computer but also your screen time report is now meaningless it's you've it's not accurate it's it's, 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 it's 16 it's 16 hours a day 16 so, hours yeah, sure. but that's not real and it might be 14 hours of real screen time but you you don't have to live with that you can't my my big know. wish 
my big wish for next off season is um, that the DraftKings UI makes drafting on mobile just nice and easy, just like mm-hmm. as seamless as Underdog. Because if, if the notifications and the app worked the same way as good as Underdog, um, I mean, I could draft even more teams actually because I, I really put off doing DK drafts because it's not fun to do them on your phone. Yeah. So yeah. that would be amazing. Don't pause my music, DK. Don't pause it, please. Well, you, you Give can, me a notification you can turn, that doesn't you can, pause you my can, music. You can, you can turn that off. You can turn it off, but then you get no notification. No, no. You just got to go into sound and haptics. It's in the little notification. No, I know. I feel like I'm having deja vu. I feel like I've heard Wait, you can change the sound and haptics before. to... You can turn off sound and haptics, but there's a... You can, can you can receive notifications, but have no noise come through. Oh, my God. All right. Pat, Pat, Pat figured this out on Monday. September Thanks for telling 4th. me this on fucking Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Glad, glad that we were, uh, I'm glad that we were able, I'm glad that we were able to uh, cover that, but we'll remember, we'll remember this for next year. Uh, uh, it's, it's really not even right that now. hard, Pat. Yeah. I'm it's, jumping in the app and changing it. Yeah. yeah. I, so I listen to podcasts while I do it and it never pauses. Wow. It's a, it's a good way. It's a good way to end. It's a good way to end. Guys, it was a, a pleasure. Uh, I hope, I mean, just like one final between, between the show. I think Pete said it best the other day. He's like, if we all have a, a communal team to root for in week 17 this year, it'll be that, that given the size yeah. of the contest, one, 1. 1.1 million entrants on DraftKings. 660,000 on underdog. I think getting one team through feels, feels good. Let's think something, huh? I agree. Yeah. I'm feeling really good about our, our shared teams. Um, But yeah, last thing I'll say, I had a blast doing the show with you guys this off season. Um, I think during the season, um, we're not going to have a weekly show. Uh, I guess we haven't really officially announced that, but um, we'll do yeah. so, we'll do something. We'll figure something out. Portfolio review, some something yeah, like that. Something. We will for sure. We'll yeah. do we'll do something. Um, so it's not not goodbye forever. But thanks to everyone who who joined us this off season. Um, yeah, this is the most fun I've had doing content fantasy football. Really good engagement from the chat, from the YouTube commenters, from people on Twitter. Uh, got great reception for the show. So um, that this was a great experience for me. Um, and yeah, thanks to both. Davis and Pat um, for for joining me on this. This was a, a lot of fun, and um, yeah, like we said, hopefully we just get one one sweat uh, for one of us, get one team to the finals, and uh, we'll be back. But to everyone, good luck to your last couple of days of drafting. We will see you at some point um, in the future. Peace.